everybody, and welcome to another infamous podcast. I'll be your host today, uh, along with my good friend uh, Jeremy. My name is Parker, and uh, most people know me as Dr. Mantis Toboggan, MD, on forums. Are you a medical doctor or just a PhD? Like, which version? MD is medical doctor, right? Yeah, it's a medical doctorate. Medical. Okay. Cool. Cool. Mm-hmm. What is yes. the field? Mantis? Mantisry? Is that a thing? Do you operate on mantises? <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't that be ironic if Dr. Mantis Toboggan went and got a medical degree for mantisry? <laughs> would you, wouldn't, how would that feel in your very first class? You walk in and you go, sorry, is your name Mantis Toboggan? Because you do know this is Mantisry 101. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, this is Jeremy. Uh, I'm, I go by NotBrandon at NotBrandon.com. Uh, yeah, so it's just me and Parker running about aimlessly, firing uh, blanks at whatever comes up. Basically, yeah. Uh, we, are, we are wildly speculating uh, today, wildly, all these things you hear may or may not be true because we have no safety net. We have, we're just shooting from the hip. Uh, a couple I feel like announcements. We are his safety net. Let's be honest. Yeah, that's true. Um, he's not really our guiding star so much as our <laughs> rail. <laughs> uh, How many episodes right, so is he going to be deducted now? Him? Oh, he needs to be punished. Obviously. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, I've never been on the receiving end of this. Yeah. I don't know how to do it. I'm already drunk with power. I don't understand. <laughs> first off, we're definitely going to hold him down and shave his head. I mean, obviously. Okay. That's the Makes first sense. one. Yeah. Shaved head deal. Ugh. I don't even like the thought of that. Isn't that but, awful? You know what? I'm willing to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but you're willing to do it for the podcast. I'm willing to do it for the podcast, but Sweet. not for myself. I would run screaming. I would, I would, I would just run right into the street and light myself on fire before I cut my hair off. It's like he, uh, Parker's crying. We have to let him up. No. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I can tell you that while Brandon will deserve gross punishment, Parker and myself, I only have I have sorry. It says Parker has uh, 988 <laughs> more of probation. Uh, I have a lot, uh, a lot of probation left. But I get 50 taken off if 50% of my students are still wearing masks at, oh, the, yeah. end of, enough. at the end of March. Which, right now, I am not going to win that bet uh, unless something really drastic <laughs> happens real fast. Like, maybe that day I put like some green a green smoke bomb in the air vents or something and everybody puts it back on. I don't know what I'm going to have to do, but I'm probably losing those 50 episodes. Uh, I also owe Jeremy 11 pizza rolls, which I'm glad yes, to repay. Yes, sir. And exactly what he needs me to. Uh, I want you to know there are some words I can't say. I'm going to let you say the ones we can, I can't say because obviously I can't say them. Um, let me see here. I could try to do charades for them if you don't have them in front of you. Um, I just pulled them up. Well, I'm trying to pull them up. He's got them hidden somewhere. Maybe maybe this is why we need Brandon. <laughs> it is. Kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, antiquing. What's the other one? Um, blade. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of them uh, these off. are ye- yellow fruit. They you eat them in like a Hawaiian a pizza. Pineapple, yeah. Oh, I see uh, it. Uh, pineapple blade antiquing an asterisk. Asterisk. Yeah. Yeah. Asterisk. Ah, oh, crap. <laughs> oh no, you did. I, no, I got you, you motherfucker. Nine hundred eighty-nine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you fell for it. I was actually really, I was really pleased that I didn't just start saying it. Um, darn it. Okay. This podcast is a disaster already. Yeah, already. Um, 
Okay, so I want you to know, uh, even though Brandon's not here to enjoy it, uh, I finally, after weeks and weeks of intense drought, I have news. News, 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 news. All right. So news uh, this week is we got the official grunt rules from the Electra and Daredevil box. I th- uh, we're assuming they're going to be the same exact rule printout in the Nick Fury box, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. we have it uh, from an unboxing of the Electra box. So all of it is uh, sorry, a lot of it is stuff we already know. Um, for example, the when grunt characters parent characters are dazed, you can't activate grunts. Um, with their KO'd, the grunts are removed. Um, a lot of things like that. They don't get power. They can't play two tactics cards. There's a, they can't gain effects from two tactics cards. All those things were already known. But one thing that was kind of uh, a little bit fine print, right, stuck in one of the middle of the very first uh, rule on here, is that we knew that grunt characters have to activate with their parent. What we did not know is they must actually activate before the parent character's activation. Mm. Um, the reason why this is pertinent is for things like Daredevil's attack that actually gets stronger if your uh, ninjas are nearby. So if you need to move Daredevil into the spot where the ninja is to expect to get an attack, that actually uh, will only happen... Basically, if you're moving Daredevil first and you need the ninja to move before Daredevil moves in order to get the bonus from Daredevil to Daredevil's attack, you won't necessarily... Um, Sorry, if Daredevil needs to move first in order to make it happen. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, is there a possibility for Daredevil to not to get the bonus if you want to? Because first you have to move the ninjas, they move first, then Daredevil moves. I guess if... No, I can't think of a situation. I was trying to... I was just... I was really desperately trying to... I really thought I had something there. Is there any negative to moving the grunt first? Can you think of one? I can't. Um, no. Because there's no counter charge in this game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it doesn't do a thing. It doesn't matter. It's only good. Oh, I guess. Actually. I yeah. I guess the only thing that could happen is, um, for example, if you're like moving towards a Mysterio or a Cassandra Nova or something, you get booby trapped. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of like you're you're the grunt would maybe take the movement trick first or something. I don't know, but um, unless there's some weird reaction to your you moving a model or move, attacking with a model. So maybe there's some weird like interaction with reaction that means you might have to stare at it for a second to because the grunt has to go first. But that's the only thing I guess I can think of because the rules as written on Daredevil, Elektra, and Nick Fury, I don't think that could be a negative right now. But that is something to consider that you always have to do the grunt first. You can't do them after. I still feel um, like regardless of how it comes out that grunts are going to be a problem. I I just I I can't imagine that they're good for the game. I'm still on that. I, I think I oh, think this uh, is bad. Worth a note, uh, is there's no mention on here about grunts interacting with any particular team rules right now, so we have to wait if they want to reprint Thanos or mm-hmm. be specific with Thanos, for example, the the uh the black um the black order has mm-hmm. a rule that if you kill an enemy you get a victory point. So far it looks like that works on grunts, but there's nothing on here that says they don't count as a character for some reason. But um what what makes you wonder if they're going to be negative to the game? Just always these kind of tokeny type things are problematic in every other game I've ever played. I mean, I just don't. I like superheroes being superheroes. This this is just I don't know. It just doesn't feel good. It, it it's PTSD from every other game that exists. Like these tokeny kind of things that hop out and are little helpers tend to be problematic. 
I mean, maybe they figured it out. Let's hope they did. But I, I'm just I'm just not excited. The one thing that I considered is if you if you need to power, you may be able to, you may want to attack a hand ninja because the likelihood of them rolling a defense. Like if you roll three hits, you're getting two power. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of thing. Like they're I was just trying to think of a reason why grunts are, could be bad. I guess if your opponent wanted power and had hand ninjas to gack, the hand ninjas are probably not fending off of three dice, you know, three dice hits, mm-hmm. three hits on a, a dice attack roll. So like things like that, maybe. But again, that's a real, you know, that's a real thing. Like uh, in some games, they'll purposely put like an anti-infantry tech in the game where if you have this anti-infantry ability if you have tons of little dudes it's actually going to just mow them all down and give you some sort of benefit on top of it right like it gives you some cool thing for eating souls for for or or gathering you know meat for a grinder or a machine or something and we don't have anything like that in this game except for the black order ability so uh, right now Yes, it's probably just a benefit. It's probably just to your benefit all the time because bodies are such a big deal. They can't cap control points, though, which is not nothing. Yeah, it'll probably Um, be fine. It's just me feeling like, again, I I have shock from the other games. Well, the good news is one of the characters that you can put a grunt with is Electra. So that's a four-cost tax to play a ninja. So (laughs) (laughs) Wait, though. Uh... Did she come out with any cards that are helping cards? Okay, here we go. Uh, we got cards. Uh, oh. Good tangent. Good tangent. You see, uh, we did it. Well-oiled machine here. We don't, yeah, we don't um, even need Brandon. See how we yeah, did that? Basically. Uh, so we do have some tactics cards that were spoiled along with the unboxing of that grunt uh, instructions. We know that one of the team tactics cards is called Vendetta. It's an unaffiliated reactive card. It says when an allied character is dazed or KO'd by an enemy effect, an allied Electra may play this card for no uh, no power. It just happens. Mark the enemy character that caused the effect with a Vendetta token. The next attack made by Electra targeting that character with a Vendetta token adds three dice to its attack roll. After the attack is resolved, remove the v- Vendetta token. So, yeah. Um, it would work with hand ninjas, so... Like, if somebody kills your hand ninja, then they would get vendetted, and um, Electra could attack them and then die. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it gives an extra three die attack for a tactic spot. One attack by a model that's not very good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude. I was looking for, like, the real awesome thing that she would get for it, but... Like, she would... It would ha- the attack would like more if it's if it's their ancient throwing blades it would more than it, the three dice would help it pierce and bleed. You know this card like seems like one of those things. one of those cards that should be able to if in faction you just use it every turn. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. would make Electra okay. Like she would be uh-huh. able to get an eight dice attack every time someone died. That'd be kind of cool. Or the impale right where you get like a cool eleven dice yeah. attack if you get the if you get everything to go off. That seems interesting. But it's not. It's not. She's just bad. <laughs> it's not that. Not that. So sad. Um, we also got a Criminal Syndicate card. No Mercy. Uh, it's got some really cool art with Shadowlands Daredevil and a bunch of ninjas behind him and a giant full moon. It's super cool looking. It's a reactive card that says, when an allied character would daze an enemy character, the allied character may play this card. This, this character gains three power. Um, In Criminals, that's actually kind of good. It's not horrible. The problem is, 
I guess the, what I was I, we talked about this a little bit earlier with Daredevil. I'm so excited to play criminals with Daredevil because they have so many awesome cards mm-hmm. already. Yeah, like twist the knife and uh, 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 um, the when they give you super stealth. I can't remember the name of it right now. I'm gonna be bad and not know the name of this. But I'm gonna figure it out. Uh, but super stealth card and all according to plan. These are all great, great cards mm-hmm. that actually have a really good home in a combat style criminals. And this is one of the reasons why we didn't see it, those cards all the time because uh, criminals didn't really have a good reason to take them. But now they absolutely do. Shadow organization. That's the name of it. Yeah. So, like, I love the idea of those cards. And so those this card would have to be better than those cards, and I don't think it's that. But for the standard potato style i actually think this is better do you agree yeah maybe i mean i again i i was sitting there looking at tactics cards uh, just yesterday and i'm looking at 10 different cards and i was like none of these matter at all because four of the spots are guaranteed taken so like i i don't mm-hmm. i don't know how this fits in uh, maybe some are special but i'm just imagining using a spender and then playing this afterwards because there's so many times yeah. where you do that and then you're dead with no power so mm-hmm. it would be cool on possibly a I don't know a bodyguard type thing or I, I don't know. So you just mm-hmm. have power after it. It I'm sure it has a place. I don't know where it is. Yeah, I think any any card in the game that says gain three power um, is probably not worth a tactic slot. Probably. However, this is one of the easier things to happen. Like this will happen. Yeah, like you, like you said, you'll you'll play a spender sometime in the game, and it will day someone. So this actually would go off, and unlike some of the other game power cards, like fucking X Forces, like if you have somebody on the opponent's team who has the highest point total, and you daze them, then someone on your team will get their power back for spending this card. You're like, well, that's horrible. Like, this is terrible. But this one is actually like, it's free. It just sits there. It will probably happen. And you'll probably use the three power. So it's it's not the bottom of that barrel, but I don't know if that barrel is, is fantastic. Our next card, Cruel Tutelage. Uh, another criminal syndil- syndicate active card. During a criminal syndicate character's activation, it may spend one power only to play this card. The next attack made by this character this turn adds three dice to its attack roll. If the attack roll contains one or more skull results, if this fails, the attacking character gains the stagger special condition at the end of its activation. Hmm. So spend a power, add three dice, but the dice, that roll is slightly booby-trapped. Slightly. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty scary stuff. I mean... The one thing... I- the one thing I will say about it actually is um, you can play it on a character that's going all out and planning on getting dazed. Like there are a lot of three point criminals that are kind of paper tigers. Um, so you can play this on, you know, a, a hood, for example, who's got one HP left. And now he's actually going to like kick your ass with a big ass chain lightning or something. Um there are characters in the game that I think you're not too scared of getting staggered because you're planning on activating them first or you've stolen the you know initiative with all according to plan maybe and now you want to be sure that your character is going to do a lot during that activation you stole and you don't care because if, you're, if your opponent just lets you sit there with that awesome character in the middle of them and never attacks them because they're already staggered, that sounds like a win. Mm-hmm. Um, um... So... What I'm looking at here is you could play all of these three cards all at once. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I mean, that's one of the more ignorant things you could do, but look at that. Electra then cripples herself. Congrats. <laughs> if she dazed somebody, by the way. That's only if... <laughs> if you dazed somebody, she, correct. Yes, if somebody gets the, dazed. Then, you're, then you have three extra power and you're crippled. Yeah. <laughs> Ta-da! Um, I was also trying to think there's there are some characters in the game that can't be staggered. I don't know if any of them can play in Criminal Syndicate. Um, or is it only Dormammu who can't be staggered? Is he the only one? Probably. If I, he is, then he's not a criminal, obviously. I was yeah. trying to think. I don't think... Is Hulk staggerable? Yes. Okay. So yeah, maybe it's just Dormammu who's I, I, to stagger. I, he might be the correct. only one. Um, but there are a characters... Because stagger, you have to use your first activation... So if you had one of the abilities that also removes a special condition, I think that's why this is a criminal card, because I don't know where that exists that criminals could have it. I was trying to think if there's some way. There's a bunch of X-Men. There's an X-Men card that does it. I think there's an Inhuman card, maybe. But um, criminals, I don't think criminals have another card that they have access to. That Blade could one. shake it. Blade would be funny. Uh, but don't you have to do it first? Uh, but I guess you could do superpowers before mm-hmm. you do any actions. Yeah. So yeah. So Blade could... Is, does it say a criminal character has to be the one who does it? No. It, it has to be a criminal syndicate character's activation. So no. Blade like, oh, it has to? I thought it said... Yeah. It says during a criminal oh, syndicate yeah, character's activation. Oh, yeah. I was looking at the other card. Yeah. So yeah. They Go purposely... Ahead. Yeah, they purposely tied that up. So, nah. I think it's... Like I said, I don't think... If you wanted, for some reason, to get three extra damage dice in criminals... um and you were nervous about the result, but because remember, you might just not give a shit. You might just like not roll it, yeah. right? If you don't roll a skull, it doesn't matter. Um, but if you do roll a skull on a character, like I said, that you're activating really early, and it's like a three-point character that you want to hit way above their weight class, and then they stagger themselves, and your opponent lo- goes, well, I'll just forget attacking them, and then the Hood's alive for an extra turn when he sh- definitely should have died? That sounds great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't... I'd like to play it, but I feel like this negative condition is actually not one that's 100%, and when it does go off, I don't know how much you care if you're running the criminals that I'm picturing running it with, with a bunch of tiny guys with a lot of bullets. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously they're trying to do something special for Daredevil's team, but I don't... I still don't see it. I mean, there's such good cards already out. Right. There. This is horrible with MODOK. For the love of God and all this, holy, don't let your MODOK get staggered for this is silly gotcha um yeah uh next card is called bounty hunters it's our first card featuring silver sable uh we i we assume she's going to be in this game at some point but she's on the art uh it says after deployment is complete an allied electra or allied taskmaster may play this card it's a criminal syndicate card by the way so if you're playing criminals with those two uh Mark the enemy character with the highest threat value with a bounty token. If the marked da- character is dazed or KO'd by the character that played this card during its activation, the character that played this card immediately makes one action after the effect is resolved and the bounty token is removed. If there is a tie for the highest threat value, choose one of the tied characters to receive the bounty token. Jesus God. <sighs> Did they just give that one to Killmonger? And then went, well, we could never do that again. So all these other all these other like target the highest character cards have got to be ass. We got to make sure they're really bad. It's <laughs> so bad. Uh, yeah, I mean, neither of those characters have a way to move themselves, right? Like they're kind of stuck where they're at. 
Oh yeah, Taskmaster is just there. Electra can, if she deals damage to an enemy character, uh, she gains an extra power. When this character damages an enemy character with attack, after the attack is resolved, she can place within one of the damaged character. But she can only do that once. So she could, if she attacks the, the, the character with the highest threat value, kills them, and still has somehow two power afterwards. Because, by the way, she can't gain power for her attacks. Um, she only gains power if she deals damage. And she only gains one power ever. I mean, your opponent kind of has to Jesus. let this happen. I mean, yes. it's... Here you go. I guess kill kill my five point model. Yeah, that sounds cool. For get this, an extra action. Whoa, <laughs> yep. ho, ho, ho. Oh, on man. Electra? Huh? Huh? <laughs> Are you liking it? Or Taskmaster? Whoa. Oh my like, god. This is so sad. I well, Taskmaster is actually way better in this situation. He gets shitloads of dice after he's attacked you once. No, it's after he's attacked once. Isn't that right? So he, that, I, yeah, after he's attacked once. No, he gets it against. No, the I think defense. it's after he gets attacked. Yeah, right? that's I don't think different. He has, Correct. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he he does add dice for your uh your his spender adds dice for your opponent's physical defense, and they can't modify a reroll dice. It's really cool. It's a really great attack for two power. But no, he only gains dice as he gets attacked, not is attacking others. Yeah. No, I. How is what? What is this supposed to do? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> this gives this gives a taskmaster or an electra an extra action if they are able to go up and daze your opponent's biggest character. Can they use the action like to this... attack their allied electra or taskmaster? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's terrible. I like I said, I think it's one hundred percent they were uh terrified whenever they printed um, I'm looking for the name of it because I, it, its name eludes me again. Um, Killmonger's card. You usurp the throne. I think they were terrified. We usurp the throne when they realized that they can give somebody two VPs for downing a big character. So every other kill the big character card has been just absolutely ass. Um, mm-hmm. Cat and mouse for X Force is just no. It's sorry. Dirty work is the one. Dirty work for X Force is just terrible. Yeah. Um, and I mean, um, these are just, just what, flavorful just cards that just are mm-hmm. a thing you can do. Yeah. Now, this last one, this last one, it's a thing. This last one, um, Shuriken Arashi. They are getting okay. So while they're getting really ballsy uh, with the make a different kind of attack tactics cards. Mm-hmm. They're 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 shrinking in for the kill your opponent's big ones. So here's your here's your all right everybody. We know you like tactics cards that do attacks. So let's let's see how you like this apple. Um, Shuriken Arashi. It is a range three, ten dice attack. Mm-hmm. Before creating the dice pool for this attack, the target character may advance short. Then, if the target character is benefiting from cover. From this attack, this attack rolls five fewer attack dice. After this attack is resolved, remove all allied hand ninjas from the battlefield. So you'll sacrifice your hand ninjas that you have, but they will just pepper somebody with Shuriken. But I guess since ninjas are super not sneaky and everybody can see them coming, <laughs> your opponent gets to move short. So weird. Before you do it. It is so weird. Um, 
So how do you get this to go off? Well, during Shadowlands Daredevil's activation, you may spend two power to play the card. If there is an allied hand injured character within two of him, Shadowlands Daredevil may use the Shuriken Arashi attack. So, um, the attack, sorry, the range, cover, and LOS are all measured from the hand ninjas instead of Shadowlands Daredevil. So if you're if if Daredevil is close to his hand ninjas, which is honestly probably where they'll be most of the time, probably because he's always getting a benefit to his attacks by being around the hand ninjas when he's doing it. So he's most likely going to be there anyway. But you actually measure from the ninjas um, and spend two on Daredevil, and then you get to do a 10-dice attack that allows your opponent to move short, and then if they benefit from any cover. This is very interesting. I mean, you're going to so have what, what, to be what, what, within, like, what, one? Like, you're going to have to be actually very close to make this work at all. Because you'll just move outside of three, right? Yeah. How close would you have to be? Now I'm wondering. How close is it just... So it seems like you would easily be able to move out of the three, or at least fairly easily, or, you know, find some cover or something. Like, your model has to be damn near base-to-base to to be certain that you're not going to catch cover. Yeah, I'm actually actually pulling out templates right now. Yeah, Yeah, I'm trying to see... It's closer than people would like. Yeah, what range would you actually have to be for your opponent not just to be able to walk directly backwards? (laughs) They're like, hey, ninjas, let's let's get away from them. (laughs) (laughs) What a weird, also what a weird card. Instead of ninjas being surprising at all, it's <laughs> ninjas goes, surprise, we're ninjas. <laughs> surprise, bam. Now you have a moment to think about it. What would you like to do? You're like, uh. <laughs> not, not only are they ninjas, the they're ninjas. ninjas with, you're like, like okay. stars in their hands, just getting ready to throw yeah. them. Yeah. So if you are within range two of your target. Uh-huh. Um, exactly range two, they could easily leave. <laughs> easily just walk out. Um, <laughs> if you are within range one of your target, they cannot walk out. Um, and there's a little bit of space beyond that. A little bit. So it looks like range about one and three quarters is where they can't to just walk directly away. So your hand ninjas basically need to go and damn near base them or whatever, or be pretty close. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then not let them get cover. <laughs> yeah. So this is not really a... It, the card looks basically looks like they're attacking with, like, Shuriken and shit, but they're more actually just attacking with a fuckload of knives. It's what's actually going on. Yeah. Um, because... <laughs> Yeah, the, your opponent could just... It's so weird that it has this weird restriction that if your opponent gets cover, because, honestly, I don't know how you're going to get cover, because where you would need to start the attack in order for them to not just move directly away from you and miss <laughs> is really difficult to get cover. Uh, they're, they're probably boxed in anyway. They may not, may not be able to move left or right enough to get cover. That's just strange so that lets them that, move. I mean, that's really yeah. wild, right? Also, I just realized this. Okay, so it's a range three attack, right? From the ninjas. So range two from where they can possibly move. Oh, Jesus. It is so hard. No, it's impossible. If you can... I'm trying to look at this. If you're standing here, you're a ninja. Because you can't get cover within range two. So it says the target is benefiting from cover. Does that just mean it... it does that supersede the cover rule? Because you don't get cover bonus... For being within range two, but I'm guessing because this is printed on a card. Does that say no? It's meaning after they move, right? 
Right. So after they move, because uh-huh. oh, yeah, it says after they move, if the target is benefiting from cover. So if they move behind attack, a wall or next to a wall or something, that's all it is. Yeah, but I'm looking at it. It's actually, it's not super easy. <laughs> I'm gonna say that that's actually gonna be kind of hard to do all the time. Maybe I'm wrong and my math is messed up, but I'm just looking at the templates here, going, they're probably gonna be within range two of you. No, actually, if they move short, yeah, it's actually really difficult. So yeah, they're going to get, if they can move away and behind another object to get an intervening terrain or whatever, then they could get minus five dice. Yeah, so I guess it is it is possible. It's likely. But they can't move sideways to get it because then you're still just within range two of them. Um, so they have to move away and around something. Yeah. Also... A brief note is if they're a big character, that's just maybe impossible. There may be no terrain around. So if they're a size three or four character, you're just going to get that. Like, well, they're just going to simply be out of range. If they're on a big yeah. base, they'll be out of range. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they go, base, they go way base further. Is going to count. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're so big and dumpy, large... you just escape. Yeah. So the best case scenario is like Magneto on a larger base, but a smaller size or Mordo or something like that. Because they're just so big, they'll just leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a weird card. I'd still wait, play. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. No, no. The size of your base does not matter, right? Oh, no, the size of your base does. does matter. Yeah, it does a little bit. I think the largest, huge, the, the large base size, the largest one, will matter a little bit because it does extend that small move mm-hmm. enough from the other side of the base. Is Like you said, I think if you're base debasing them, I don't think there's anything they could do, even mm-hmm. if they're a big base. But... That's basically it. Like you said, you'll have to activate if you want this to go off. If you have two power on Daredevil, your hand ninjas move first. They base the model you want to Shuriken Urashi. Then Daredevil goes, gets close enough for this to happen if he's not already, and then you'll get it. So let's say that all these little asterisks they put in this card don't seem to matter as much as they actually do. When you look at it first, you're like, oh man, I'll really be able to play against Shugen Rashi. I don't know how much you'll actually get to play against this. It's more just, can you stop the ninjas from basing your character, right? If you can, then Shugen Rashi is probably not happening. So, if we know that if a, if a ninja bases your character, you can get a, you can get hit by this card, is this a good enough card? Um... Is, rolling t- is rolling 10 dice for 2 power on Shadowlands Daredevil and losing your ninja for a moment because he might just come back immediately right because your second action yeah is... i think it's fine it seems good i'm just looking at yeah. the other cards so can you cruel tutelage these guys uh no because the ninjas are making the attack right and do they not count as oh they're not criminal syndicate are they they're just no they they are criminal syndicate but uh you specifically says well no <sighs> let's look back at the, that rule again because the it says grunt characters cannot play team tactics card, but they're not the one playing it. Shadowlands Daredevil is playing it. So does Daredevil also play the Cruel Tutelage? I don't think he does. Yeah, they can't but do it, it is, because but it's it is, character. But it is during his activation. Uh. No, I guess no, the range, can't. cover, and LOS are measured from the hand ninjas, but it is still Daredevil's attack. So yeah, you could do that. Is it? Dare- you could it's cool not tutelage this. No, it's not Daredevil's attack. It is, right? Yeah, because it says it says Shadowland Daredevil oh, may use the Shuriken attack. Yeah. So, so then since it is, da- can he cruel tutelage yeah. that? Yes, you could. So then, for, so if you had three power, you could do both. Thirteen dice attack. And would it stagger? It would stagger Daredevil though, right? 
likely if you roll you have to roll only one skull and so later it would stagger him not that activation but the next one huh might be I mean, that's a thing sure why not I don't know if I need 13 I think if I'm probably throwing 10 <laughs> you I'd think that fine. until you've played juggernaut god damn it <laughs> that's true um again this this one is competing there is another the thing is in, in criminals there's already an uh, an attack card that's amazing that criminals don't play very much now because they don't have a super attacking list but cruelty is so much a better card than this um because it rolls five dice at range five and you get to choose when it happens after you've already done attacks and it um yeah you don't get to roll add crits and stuff to it but it's a mystic attack um, yeah, but I, I'm just saying that 13 dice is a thing. I mean, mm-hmm. that is a humongous punch to the yeah. gut. Like, whereas everything else can spike or whatever. So, so look, your average on what five dice is usually like two and a half. So it could be two, could be four, but it's generally two or so. 13, you're talking six and a half. Mm. I mean, that's dropping uh, most. Four point models. Uh, also, uh, also a fair expectation is that Daredevil, if you're attacking a model with an objective or near to a mm-hmm. token, he's rerolling one. If Hood is in your list, you're probably rerolling two. So it's ten dice or thirteen dice, rerolling two of them. I mean, uh, oh that's... by the way, you re- you oh by the way, remember you can reroll skulls if you're attacking somebody with objective with Daredevil. So mm-hmm. when you use Cruel Tutelage, if you roll only one skull, you could reroll that. <laughs> So, nice. so it's if you have hood, you can reroll two of them. So it's actually um, not impossible to ignore cruel tutelages negative, and so you don't automatically have to take it if you're playing daredevil criminals, which we, you know, you are if you're doing Shukunarashi because it's a daredevil's card. Oh, I'm sorry, you could be playing Fisk, at, you know, leadership, mm-hmm. but I think if you're playing Shadow Shadowlands Daredevil, you're probably playing his leadership. It, it's just a big that that that's a humongous punch when you need it. I mean, I think it's kind of cool. Uh, it is going to be. I, I will say, I think it's going to be really hard to stop Daredevil from doing this because it only costs two power. Cruel, you know, three power for the other one. And um, uh, a little note about this is it doesn't require the hand ninjas to have a not activated token. So he Daredevil could actually have no hand ninjas on the board and still do this because mm-hmm. if he he if he moves once does his regular attack, Hand Ninja pops out, and, you know, then he's ready to do it. If he doesn't have to move once, and you're already next to him, then he just hits you once, then Hand Ninja pops out, and for his second trick, he throws this card down. Mm-hmm. So, he can just kind of, out of nowhere, do two big-ass attacks. Because um, his basic attack is not nothing when the Hand Ninjas are around. Yeah. Well, again, I, I you pay, what, 13 you 13 power to get something like that from, uh, what is it called? The the laser beam of mm-hmm. uh, Tony Stark or Tony's laser beam. Um, yeah, the, the, yeah, I know what you're talking about. The satellite. Orbital bombardment. Thing. Yeah. So, I mean, you get that for two power with this thing. Mm-hmm. Also, Daredevil's kind of like, um, because he has stealth, he is actually one of those characters that usually your opponent has to come to. Mm-hmm. Because he's he's totally fine just hitting you with batons from way far away, right? Um, so if your opponent ever comes to you, then that's when you can just like coordinate a strike, and then here's a ninja and Shurgan Narashi. Here we go. 
I would definitely play around it. Like, I wouldn't like that to happen to any of my characters. <laughs> like, you'd be like, oh, God, I don't want that to happen to me. Mm. I think it is. I think it's big enough. It's kind of like the Stark cards. It's like Ricochet Blast. It's kind of a boogeyman. You really don't like it to happen. And unlike um, the Ricochet Blast, where I feel like I might be able to take down Iron Man before he gets to do it, or at least like knock him down. It's hard to do it, but I might be able to. But this one, you have to take down Daredevil. And on this front side, he is a monster, I think, to take down. He's going to, when he comes out, I think people are going to go, oh, it's just Daredevil. I'll go up and daze him. And you're like, really? He's better than uh, Black Panther. Are you going to daze him? <laughs> like, you're like, oh, he is better than Black Panther defensively. Shit. <laughs> like, I guess I'm not just going to daze him. And that's still to say so. that it might not be the best card in the world. But I, I think it's cool. No, uh, I it will definitely be on my. I think it'll make my ten. I think it's too strong not to. Sure, I mean, um, it, it, you if you see um, a juggernaut, if you see a Thanos, I mean, those the models that need those w- big hits, like mm-hmm. the, they really are going to take a punch from that. And that's actually a really good point. Uh, side th- something I you know, just came to me since when I used to play the the subpar version of uh, you know, Bucket of Bullets, where everybody had Rapid Fire, mm-hmm. which is what I'm going to do again with this Daredevil list. That was the one thing it didn't like to see, is somebody who didn't care about three damage, you know, or two damage. Yep. Or, um, and Than- the characters like Thanos, oh, just I hated seeing them, because I was like, oh, well, he is never going to die. I cannot get him unless I spike really hard on a finisher at some point. Um, but this card is a lot more mm-hmm. palatable, a lot easier because you don't have to wait for a finisher. You don't have to wait for, you know, um, some, you know, alignment of stars to get something to happen. It's just, if Daredevil is there and Thanos is also there, I might just get it to happen. It's super um, cheap too. Thanos, might, I mean, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was the news. Perfect. Let's go into playing currently. Um, uh, I'll let you start Jeremy. Because uh, I hear that uh, the Midnight Suns done done you wrong, and so <sighs> so yeah. Now moved on. I, I I like to switch up my stuff that I'm playing. Um, I think I probably switch up every month. That's about where I go. I play about four weeks of the same thing, just to see how it feels. You know, on the whole, <laughs> as it goes. Um, so I I tried Midnight Midnight Suns. I've been looking at uh, Blade a lot. And I like him. I think he's pretty cool. But the problem with the whole faction, or the whole affiliation, is they simply don't move. I mean, it seems like they move, but they don't move your opponent. So Mm. they really want to fight. However, right now, web warriors are super hot. um, And anything that moves you is super hot. So they, they just don't have control. They have no control of the board. So they have to come up, throw a bunch of dice at you, and then pray. Um, and I found that to be, you know, um, okay. Sometimes it's great, sometimes it's not. But at the end of the day, you're still scoring points, and all I can do is really contest it. I can't do a lot about it. I'm just, I'm at the mercy of dice. Um, it, it's pretty. It's a pretty tough sell. So I got kind of frustrated with that, and I said, well, if I'm going to play a dice game, then I really enjoyed playing Dormammu for dice. And the reason I stopped playing him is because Dormammu is all about dice, except he does have the ability to push you back and also hex if you decide you want to fight him. 
So he, he has some good effects. Um, and then I added in X-Force because X-23 and Honey Badger are absolutely sick. Um, those two are just disgusting. Uh, I've seen nothing but murder and blood. And um, if you're going to fight, they should be in your list. They are 100% attrition. They don't care about anything. X-23 can take down a house. Like, she's just ridiculous. And an X-Force with the double reroll. I mean, she's doing four or five, even six damage every time she attacks. And that's cutting right through armor. It's really ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm playing right now. Um, X-Force is still dragged down by Cable's five points. I'd love to see him at four points and, like, take his throw away or something. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's fine. It's fine. Because, I mean, I, I feel like well, X-20, maybe that amazing, X-23 maybe that is closer spender. to four points and. Uh, you know, I feel like Cable is, yeah, the the amazing spender of Cable. The amazing spender that I have never found Jesus a way Christ. to use. Oma- Omaxatron Ultra Way, or whatever the hell it's called. What is it even called? <laughs> Escani Sun. Yeah, whatever the fuck. It sounds like yeah. a drink. <laughs> <laughs> but I always thought, I always thought it sounds like, like, so the, like, somebody about to address somebody in Japanese. Like, Escani Sun. <laughs> like, it sounds like that. Oh, uh, God. So, yeah, I'm playing X-Force and uh, Dramamu in there now, and I feel a lot better about it. I'm playing with models that I enjoy playing instead of playing with Blade plus his friends. Like, I don't know. Blade's friends are stupid. I I don't like most of those models. Um, I, I couldn't hate Iron Fist more. Like, I don't like his model. Um, his ability is uh, once in a six-round game, he gets to do something cool. The rest of the time, he just dies. Um Moon Knight, Lord. Um, that guy just takes it. He takes it on the chin, like he just dies. Yeah. There's just I don't know, man. I, whatever. See, it, have you tried? Um, have you tried putting since you like Dormammu so much? Have you tried putting uh, Iron Fist in Dormammu? I wonder. I still wonder if that works. I don't know if it works. Why would I, I want him in there? I know you don't. I maybe this is polishing a turd. But I feel like the things that he really wants to do is he wants to live, and uh-huh. Dormammu just brings it back to life, right? And he wants to get enough power to do his thing more often, and Dormammu does that for him too. And I, I had this, I, this crazy idea for like actual heroes for hire, but Dormammu hired them, so it's just Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Dormammu, and that's like your start. That's your fourteen points, and then. You know, other you know, you can do other things from there, but I wondered if that worked because we know that Luke Cage works great with him. He's just such a rock. So to, let to me tell you why none of that around. none of that matters. Um, okay. If I'm going to play Dormammu, X23 plus Honey Badger will make you quit the game because mm-hmm. he can bring either of those back, whichever you decide to kill, and you still have uh, the healing card for your healing mutants. So good luck mm-hmm. trying to kill either one of them. But when you do, one of them's coming back. Uh, I just, as a three point model, uh, X 23 is the model. Like that's all humongous damage. You don't worry about stunning or, or staggering anything in that list. It, it's, it's pure murder. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I just, I does, every does time Dormammu do something, does Dormammu do something for them besides the, the ring of back card? I'm just curious. Like does, cause she does, mm-hmm. they have no way to spend their power. Really. It makes, uh, um, it's very hard to spend their, power. it makes that special bodyguard happen on turn one mm-hmm. so nothing she can she can just bodyguard turn one they both start moving it gives her a charge on turn one um there's a uh, to me i think there's a lot going on there 
Okay. And oh, that is there is the charge, so she can so she can get in. She's only going to get one attack, but she'll get an attack turn one, almost positively. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, depending on what you're doing. I don't know. I I haven't tried that version yet. The last that I've only played this setup once, but I like all the models and I like what it does. Um, again, I like the bad guys. So this whole idea of moving my opponent's army, the bad guys don't do that so much. Like, all the factions that are supposedly, you know, quote-unquote evil, don't really do that. They just like to murder stuff. Mm. So, I, I'm constantly battling with how to murder things. Uh, I'll, I'll actually challenge you there. Uh, my list right now that I'm playing with is the models I have, because I gave all my models away to my painter. Like, all of them that weren't painted. I'm, I'm tired of playing crazy stuff. But, um, the thing I was actually toying around with before that was Cabal Control, because... I was staring at things like Cassandra Nova and Mysterio with Red Skull. And I was like, I'm going to move my models whenever I want. And your models will never be where you want them to be. Ever. Mm -hmm. Not on your turn, not on my turn, never. You're never wanting, your models are never there. (laughs) Because Mysterio is moving your models, Cassandra Nova is moving your models. And when you move towards me, Mysterio is moving your models and Cassandra Nova is moving your models. And you've got to somehow get close to me. And to get through my stealth, and yet you never ever will. Now the problem with that is, how do you win? <laughs> it's like, okay, so I can make sure they're never ever ever where they want to be, but then what? It's kind and... of like the the it's the old was that South Park episode where they find the underpants gnomes, and he goes, "Why are you taking all the underpants?" And he goes. Let me show you our business model. And he like pulls up the cards, you know, it's this big card that says, first, steal underpants, second. It's a big question mark. Third, profit. <laughs> like, <laughs> and the kids look at each other like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like that. They never got to the second part. They just knew they needed to take the underpants. And that's kind of how I feel about my cabal control list. I go, surely this could be, this would definitely make sure that all the models always move around. That sounds awesome. Uh-huh. Really consistent. Then what? Like, I don't know. Well, I guess you win on scenario in the, I guess you went on scenario like spider people do, but I still don't. I don't know how to. I still don't get it. I'm sure there's some way to win besides just beat up your opponent in the face. Mm-hmm. But are you gonna put the great or um, what is her name, uh, ancient one in there? So she move your opponent next to you. Yeah, there is. There literally is. Um, yeah, I made it. When I was done, it was all controlly shit and oh, or my stuff moves. So it was like Sabretooth, mm-hmm. and because he moves, you're like when you attack him, it was basically. The only character, the, the basic list was only stealthy models that you couldn't get close to, which is Cassandra Nova and Mysterio, mm-hmm. or models that you couldn't shoot at very easily, which was Sabretooth and Red Skull, because when you shoot at Red Skull, he just gives it to Sabretooth and the Sabretooth moves towards you. Um, or things like Bob, where I, Bob's always standing next to Red Skull, so every time you shoot at Red Skull, Bob just takes it in the face, and who cares? Mm-hmm. Um so there's just tons of stuff like that was the point was uh kind of mother may i was you're like okay well i'm gonna shoot red skull you're like no you're not you're shooting bob bob dies who gives a shit you're like oh okay well then i'll shoot at uh cassandra nova you're like nope she has stealth but not stealth so your your card that says move stealth doesn't actually do anything because it's not stealth it just look does the same thing as stealth okay i'll move towards cassandra nova with a charge you go okay she rolls dice you move backwards you're like ah like that's the point is Mm -hmm. that but i but I guess I, I need to be better at picking. I think you have to be very, very intentional about like scenarios because 
if you pick, you know, non, the you know, same scenarios that spider people like where you're, you're crawling all over everything. But unlike spider people, you're not doing all the things they do for three points a piece. You're spending like four points and five points for everything you do. The only cheap model is kind of Bob and, and Mysterio. So I don't know. I don't know if it actually wins games, but man, I stared at Cassandra over over a long time going, is this thing a thing? And I think it's actually a thing, but you have to, you have to have a serious like plan for what she's doing. I feel um, like if they would have, instead of having her and her ugly model, they brought out like, um, Xavier mm-hmm. and had the same rules. I'd love to play that. Like, I just hate her model. I, yeah. yeah. You know what I really wish they did? I know this is to be a really like outside. I don't know who would know this character, but Onslaught. I kind of wanted them to do Onslaught. I thought that'd be cool. Um, which was Xavier's like midlife crisis or whatever. Um, did hmm. you do you know about the character? Do no, I don't know what that is. Basically, it's the the concept of what was really cool is so Xavier is this like insane presence on the astral plane, right? The 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 psychic plane that all creatures psychically inhabit simultaneously but aren't aware of and he's this monstrous presence on this plane he is the greatest human you know genome psychic right and so if you took this man who has this enormous psychic presence that that uh, that he must also have this enormous subconscious psychic presence so what if you also subjected that man to constant trauma and violent situations over and over and over and over again. Well, he'd have to deal with that subconsciously somehow. And the way that the most powerful psychic deals with psychic trauma building up is by basically unwittingly creating this sub-personality that existed only on the astral plane called Onslaught. And he is basically just the manifestation of Xavier's uh, negative psychic just all the result of all this trauma he's experienced in his life and he was insanely strong um really cool like character really cool concept doesn't that sound much more interesting than cassandra nova his his super mutant in the womb that he ate baby sister like isn't that weird that's Um, really weird yeah but Cassandra Nova does do some things like Mind Possession, which is a stupid attack. Range 3, uh, after you do it, it's a 6-dice attack, by the way. Range 3, after you do it, you move your char- the, the character you target it, it just advances its speed. That's pretty good, right? Yeah, it costs 1. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at her pretty hard the other day. I was, like, seriously yeah. trying to figure out why she's not amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think it's because she's not... She doesn't blow up the world like Modok does. She's got a like a similar kit actually. Like flesh manipulation is kind of like Rocket Chair, and Psionic Bolt is kind of like his basic Psionic Blast thing. Um, instead of you know, instead of the the no wilds, she has you know st- like stealth that's not stealth. She has healing factor. Um, she doesn't have a huge amount of health, but it is seven. She doesn't take collision, right? She pays. The... Uh, yeah, she just that's yeah she doesn't have to take collision damage. Yeah, it's really cool. Oh, also, the biokinesis, if she for some reason is just flooded with power because she rolls a bunch of wilds on her set power attack, um, she can just root and slow somebody for three power. Just whap, you're root and slowed. So now your character has to deal with root and slow and my, the her mind position, and she still has psychic distraction. Mysterio just move you away during your activation. It's really cool. Yeah, she's a um, mess. She has a mess of things she does. 
oh, by the way, if you're running healing, she's healing factor. So if you're running her and Sabretooth at the same time, which was my plan, then you're also running exceptional healing. So now you can't even one-shot her or Sabretooth. Mm-hmm. I swear it was a thing, man. Um, I gave her to my painter, so I'm not playing her right now. But I, your, your statement that says, I don't know if bad guys can move, I think it's because you have to go to all the stuff that people don't play. <laughs> like Cabal... Like Cabal Control, which is like Mysterio and Cassandra Nova. I mean, there's Modok. Modok um, moves people. I mean, also. And Modok. Modok's there. Yeah. Enchantress does too. I mean, there's a few, yeah. but I always look towards Avengers because of their good throws and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think the, the first time I use Cassandra Nova in this Cabal Control list, I think I'm going to be super happy with her. Oh, yeah. I think she's going to feel super cool. But, um, but again, you didn't have to win, right? Like you're not ever, you're probably not killing anybody unless you get really lucky. So if you're not killing people, how are you winning? Um, anyway, so I'll tell you what I am playing right now, which is, uh, I'm going to play guardians again, cause that's the stuff I have all the way painted. I didn't give it away to my painter. And mm-hmm. so I'm going to do guardians and other cool stuff that I have painted. So I'll probably do the thing I promised on the podcast like four years ago or maybe two years ago. I don't know when it was, but I was so excited for Angela because I love Angela in the comics. She's so cool. Um, and I've never actually put her on the board. And Brandon has convinced me that she's bad so hard, but I'm going to try her anyway because she's painted. Um, well, since you're talking about uh, Guardians, let me tell you a story. Uh-huh. So yesterday I played a game. And I lost at um, Crisis Selection. Let me tell you how. I've never seen this combination in my entire life come up. And it's insane when it does. We drew Sword Base and Researcher. And I had to play against fucking Guardians of the Galaxy on that fucking mess. Imagine in your head being outnumbered. And also having mm-hmm. to fight in the middle or you auto lose. Mm-hmm. I had to move up into the most yeah. rain of fire bullshit. <laughs> Whilst he was holding and flipping every time I would flip one. It was the dumbest yeah. shit ever. Like I got so annihilated and blown off. And because it was those two, it was all or nothing. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any like I'll score one. No, it was score five. Right. Score five. Score three. Like did um what were you playing? Were you playing the Dormammu or the X-Force? Or um, I played, I actually had to play unaffiliated just so I could get close to the model count because oh. we're playing sword. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm going to lose sword. So I would, I, I took the middle the first two rounds, but because he took sword base, he pushed me short every turn. He pushed Venom short every turn. Do you know how slow Venom is? Mm, yeah, it's terrible. And he's oh. horribly allergic to energy weapons. Yeah. Oh my God. It was so fucking sad. Like every turn, yeah, Venom you feel yeah. Mm, it was Venom so feels bad. like a monster until he goes against Guardians. They have so many things that just make him feel silly. It was again that that crisis selection came up, and I had to choose either fourteen or sixteen points. And I was like, well, I think I auto lose fourteen. And at sixteen, going unaffiliated, at least I can put five five models down that are killy. And, like, try to do something. But because I lost sword base, because I didn't realize how bad it would be to be pushed every turn. I, like, I, I think sword base should be banned. Like, I'm going to say it right now. Sword base is really? so stupid. You get three points 
or nothing. And along with your three points, you get to just push somebody short of your opponents. That is such a win more bullshit thing. You've already yeah. got the three points. So instead of having a mechanic that allows you back in the game, it's a mechanic that pushes you away from winning the game. So mm-hmm. you're losing and also getting pushed. It's the dumbest thing. I, I It's so stupid. In, I think, almost every other situation, or most every situation in this game for scenarios, it's almost always, okay, yes, you scored some points, but now your opponent gets to poison you or uh-huh. stun you or do a damage to you. Sword is the opposite. Like, your opponent gets to do something. It, it costs you not just positioning and effect. You actually are going to lose something for getting this place. But this is the only one that says, nope, you just get your cake and eat it. You mm-hmm. know what? And you know what? Have more cake. <laughs> yeah. And because it, it was researcher good. too, like you don't have a choice. You need to win both of these. You need to win both. And winning one means the other one got way worse for you. It, it was, it, it really was a mess. Like now research. I find that guardians don't always like research unless they're playing some mobile characters with their static characters. Did you, was they, were they able to move towards no, well, the token and stuff? Like I said, I won Researcher the first two times. Yeah. But at that, that point, sense. I was being hammered from the side points because everybody's got range. Mm-hmm. From the yeah. side points so hard, I started losing models and losing my mm-hmm. foothold. So then he was able to take the center as well. I mean, it just, every activation, he's getting both shots at me. I'm taking both barrels on everything. So I can't take Sword Base back. And even if I try, I still got a 50-50 shot of even flipping those things. I mean, it was the worst. It doesn't matter how many models you have on Sword Base. It's just a 50-50. Yeah. Yeah, Guardians loves Deployment C so much because they love it so much. I, I will almost exclusively play Deployment Cs when I play Guardians because, man, they love being able for Rocket and Groot to sit on one of those side places and just make whatever's in the middle is just dying. Like, it's just down to die. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to it's so hard to go over and like deal with them while they're doing their thing because it takes attention away from what's ever in the center and you because you always have points for like goddamn Hulk or Ghost Rider in the middle, you know, messing with your shit too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I love my actually my favorite deployment for them is D because man, sure, it's great because there's Star, a lot of Star Lord hanging. Yeah, Star-Lord hangs out in the back, and then Rocket shoots to either point from his side position. Yeah. That feels really strong. Well, that's yeah, the end of my um, on that one. Uh, I just, I ran yeah. into that face first yesterday, and I, I'd never encountered that situation, and it just kind of blew my mind. Yeah, Sword does feel, you know, it's kind of weird. It's almost like they designed Sword to to hurt people's feelings so they don't play it. Well, I you think, know what I mean? Well, they put it at like, 14, and mm-hmm. when it was designed, it was designed before this random draw thing as well. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of elements to it that just don't make any sense in the game right now. Like the fact that it doesn't matter how many models you have, it's a 50-50, um, and if you're winning, you win more after. There isn't a bill. Uh, it should actually be the opposite. If the opposite happened, yeah. would make more sense with this game. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that you get to move an opponent after you've already scored three, sometimes because of just an RNG, right? You just roll. 
a die. It's a die. Just roll uh-huh. a die. It's yeah. You can't even game it with like bringing extra energy defense or extra physical and, defense. You I mean, do that. It's in the just, kick to the face, have extra guys. I truly was trying to control the center one and also keep another one, and I had to like figure out what the timing was to get them. I failed four times in a row for the fifty-fifty. Four times. So what do you do then? Like, it has nothing to do with what I'm doing. I just failed it four times. Like, it didn't matter how much my energy or physical defense was like the other two. This one's just a 50-50. Have fun with it. Like, what in the hell? And even I think it's even... And it feels even... I. It feels bad when you go up against somebody with a bunch of little dudes. I think it feels even worse when you're going up against, like, spider people. Because... Then you're just like, oh, I'm just going to move you off of this point. Okay, mm-hmm. thank you. I'm just going to take this for free. Now you have to take it by either killing my spider person <laughs> and then taking it, or yeah. just roll a dice and get 50-50. Maybe the spider people don't mind it as much because they could just lose it for a 50-50 shot and they don't like that. But if they do keep it, because they usually have enough guys for that, uh-huh. you're now you're on top of all the other regular spider pushing. You're now just pushing somebody short on top of that. It feels like an extra spider push. Ugh. Yeah, it's real bad. I think it feels... It feels it feels worse. I don't know if it is worse, but it feels worse. It, that it it felt way worse this time than the other times I've played it. Um, and I, I don't know if it's just because I I wasn't paying attention to the way the game is kind of normally played. But that one doesn't play right. Like it just doesn't feel or play correctly. I don't know. I think it is. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it's the three points versus zero. I think actually that's the main thing. I, the moving short thing feels. Like icing on the cake, but I think that what you what what you intimated there about like it it makes the game feel different. I think it's actually that three point thing, because for the most part of this game, getting victory points is kind of a slow accumulation, you know. Or if it's not slow, it's actually semi even, right? You're actually mm-hmm. seeing your opponent got two points and you got three. Well, that yeah, getting three victory points is a really good turn, but your opponent did get two, so it's still just a negative one sum, right? And you're like. Okay, well, next turn I'm going to have a really good turn. I'm going to get four points. My opponent's only going to get one. We're like, well, mm-hmm. now you're starting to talk about a lead, but that's still just plus, you know, still just minus three. If your opponent gets a really good turn, like you got that first turn, well, now you're just right back in it, right? So that's the way the game feels. This is give and take. But when you just do plus three, plus three, mm-hmm. plus three, that just feels it feels different. Oh, even if you're you're trading, even if you're trading back and forth with your opponent. You're still, it's still, it's like, it's just plus three straight up, plus three straight up. It does feel different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the all or nothing ones are tough to deal with. Um, it's, I don't know. I, I think the all or nothing ones, though, that say, essentially, it's going to cost you um, an extra success per guy that's there, you at least can deal, like, that makes sense. It's harder to take because there's more people. Like, you have set up a situation that makes it very difficult for your opponent to take it. Like, this, the sword is just, it's bizarre. Like, nothing you do really matters aside from going after your opponent and slight, and being luckier. I, I really wouldn't doubt to see that one dealt with, changed something. I, I, I don't see that one existing for a long time. You think so? Yeah. I have this weird suspicion that this will never be touched. Even though it is obviously an outlier, I have this weird. I, I don't know why. Don't don't ask me why. Right. I have this weird idea. It's not going to be touched. I think, and the reason why is like because it's the game. Because it still takes a couple turns to actually lose. 
even though functionally you've lost on turn the second time it goes off. I think the but only I feel like since yeah, since I think it because it's an, it's an all or nothing, and there's only a few people who like playing fourteen, um, mm-hmm. and it's random. It's not a fair one. A lot of people are playing ones that are basically fair. Playing, you know, there's right. four points, and you can get four if you have two. Like, it, it's it's all very fair. So most people don't even play those in in their pile, and that's one reason I've never seen this combination before in my whole life. Um, is because I people don't play it anymore. But here it is, yeah. and that's what happened. Um, especially because it's a fifty fifty roll. Like nobody wants to do that. Not when you're playing competitively. Like you don't want to do that. Um, but maybe Guardians do. I mean, they actually played really good on it. They did great. Mm-hmm. Like 14's fine for them. They dig that. And they can oh, do yeah. a great job with putting two guns on the outside. Yeah. Yeah, you're totally fine. Like, let me think. Uh, Star-Lord, Groot, uh, Rocket, that's the eight points. At 14, you could drop Drax and a random three-pointer, like Winter Soldier or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you just hold the two on the outside and watch your opponent cry if they can't score three a turn and had it scoring plus three a turn had it not been researcher i would have been able to use resources to go out and deal with those flank pieces Mm -hmm. but because it's fucking researcher you need all your pieces in the center it it was insane (laughs) i'm telling you it was the dumbest thing ever i i (laughs) a couple turns in i was just chuckling of how dumb it was i was like this is so stupid I'm getting so murdered right now. Mm. Yeah, there's nothing. There, you're never. I don't think you're ever going to be happy about that. That that showing up. No. Um. All right. So we've been cooking. We were doing like podcasting this whole time. You noticed that? We've been. It's been great. We have been doing excellent, and I'm pretty sure um, Brandon didn't think we would do good, and we're doing great. I know. I know. He thought you know this is just going to be all right. Something I guess. I've already, I've read several, there's been several messages that have popped up while we were Mm -hmm. on, and they prefer this format, to be honest. They prefer it. Yeah. You know, that that surprises me not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) So, uh, this brings us to our main topic today, which which I think is, I think this is going to be like an, you know, infinite debate, but... It's a really good question, and you you alluded to it a little bit in your discussion about why the mm-hmm. Midnight Suns has has turned on you, um, <laughs> or rather turned your stomach. And it's um, our main topic is how to use your activations. Like in this game, most of the time you only have maximum twelve opportunities to do something on a usual game. Sometimes you'll get fourteen opportunities if you're continuing to tie in that rare instance, or maybe less because the game ends on you know turn four. So if you're some looking, you know, on average, approximately 11 ma- actions, maybe a game, mm-hmm. if you're never getting staggered, if you're never losing, you know, if you're ever getting dazed, for example, how do you use those two activations? Uh, are you using them to move others and yourself or using them to roll dice? Um, because one of them has little or perhaps zero variance and one of them has you know, pure variance is, is what it is to a certain degree, depending upon who you're rolling. When you're rolling X23, it doesn't feel like pure variance. Um, but a lot of characters, you just roll four or, t- four or five dice and hope that you just get something great. And that's all you have is hope. Um, so 
Jeremy, this was your idea. I'm curious what is, what inspired this this debate of of how do you how do you feel whenever you have an activation for a character? What do you feel like is the best use of an activation? Um, the best activation are the characters that can um, basically punch something, punch something, and then move something or throw something away. I.e., um, Vision. Vision is one of the most perfect models I think there is. Uh, he he kind of does it all. He can attack multiple people. He gets guaranteed power, and he can also throw shit. He can take a model and move it. Um, that's the best use. So, what happens when you know that that's the best use? Yet, you know all these other cool things are out there, and you you know, want to kill stuff or whatever. Like, my problem lies in that I find trying to kill things is so random in this game, and it's just frustrating to no end. Um, yeah, I haven't I haven't found the right spot for that. It, it seems like the game of pushing and pulling models, um, I, I feel like Web Warriors can win games and, like, guarantee wins, whereas Midnight Suns can't guarantee anything. They're going to do their best, and you know, maybe 51% of the time they'll win with a great player and 49, they aren't going to win because they just can't damage enough. I don't know. So, I mean, it is true that you're definitely going to get the thing that you want out of the activation where you move somebody, right? Because your opponent usually can't do anything about it unless they have some, unless they're Jean Grey, right? And they have a lot of power somehow, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, it seems like they're adding very slowly things into the game that prevent this from happening, right? Like uh, the new tactics card, uh, Indomitable, which just says you can't throw me, right? You can't do me do it this time. Do you think that brings the stock of movement tech down at all, or is it still just still just too premium, still just too good? Um, I mean, it's still really good. You can still do it, like you're saying. You you can move a model or throw a model six times or five times most likely um Mm -hmm. whereas attacking you might do damage you might not and doing damage is giving your opponent power to then throw you one of the things i have noticed about this game that has that that i think they're always giving a little bit of power to the mover not the one being moved defensively is so many things say you cannot be advanced. And you're like, oh, shit. So anything that throws me can just throw me? Well, yeah. So anything that plays me can just place me? Well, yeah. Like, okay. Well, surely that's not really hard to find in this game. You know, look over to seven characters in the game that don't advance, you know, don't advance you. They, you know, just yeah. place you. And the 18 characters that just throw you. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, Surely those are some side characters, and you're just like Thanos. And you're like, oh well, shit. <laughs> yeah. You know these are keystone characters that you could, you can, you know, be sure you're going to see. Um, so yeah, your character can't be advanced, but there's sure as shit being all these other things. So they're so. I, I guess one thing that always comes to mind with this conversation is how is it, so the reason Black Order wins so much? Okay, so they have. Probably the best board controller in the game, Thanos, Space Gem, Mind Gem, and his portal. So he can do three things, if not four, if he has enough power and he portals twice or whatever. I think he can portal multiple things. Um, mm-hmm. And then they have the best killer in the game, 
uh, Corvus with the um, his gem. Reality. Reality gem. And they also can place themselves anywhere on the board next to each other whenever they want to. And they basically have the power to do it. So they they kind of sort of ignore rules for damaging other models because Corvus rolls so many dice and they're such good dice. Basically saying that your dice pool is going to equal damage for the most part. And Thanos says, I don't have to fight you at all. Thanos doesn't even have to throw a punch. He's an eight-point model that doesn't actually damage things, yet he can win games. So Black Order does kind of all of the things, and they're very successful in both categories. And they only have three models a lot of times. I don't know. Chew on that. What, what does that mean? Yeah. Um one of the things about the Thanos, you say like he, you know, he doesn't have to kill you. It's so funny. Every time I played against Thanos, I looked at the board and he goes, he really didn't need to kill me, but he sure did. <laughs> he <laughs> like sure he did. He had, he had so many ways to just ignore my model, but you know what? He did it also. <laughs> so that's cool, I guess. Yeah. Because um, that's that's the thing about Thanos is he's 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 getting to kill you and also ignore you. Um, it's everything he does is a bitch slap, right? It's all just a backhand, you know, that, that panel in the comic books, wherever it's just like a little star pattern after you're, it looks like somebody's about to get, like a character's about to give you a high five, but you look slightly to the side of them and it's a little star. And then the other characters is flying like head over heels. That's what, <laughs> that's what Thanos does yeah. to you every time he like gazes upon you. Um, it's a little different now that he can't. Timestone. That's a big difference, actually. They can't timestone, but it feels it still feels like he. Has I think all that control. he may not automatically. He can't punch you three times. That's what changed. Yeah. So he doesn't fight yeah. you like he used to. He could actually fight you uh-huh. before. Yeah, but it is it is true that if you just throw in, you don't need to saturate. Like one of the things I talked, I was thinking about with this the, the control list I was wondering about in Cabal. At first, I was like, okay, I'll put every single possible control model I could fit into this list. And then I got done, I was like, wait a minute, do I need to do that? Probably not. Um, I'm not doing this where it's like one control effect on each character spread out to every character like Web Warriors kind of has. Um, it's really... I, I, I was... I was putting in like models that had multiple control effects and I had multiple of them. And I realized it was probably oversaturation. You're giving a really good example of black order just has one character that controls very efficiently. And that's really all you need to feel like you're like you're ragdolling your opponent. Um, Wherever he goes, it's not so much death follows, but just displacement follows, Mm -hmm. right? You're going to, he can unravel. He He can unravel your turn. Right. And because this game is based so much upon actions, and one of them is move, not only are you gaining incredible board presence and perhaps points, you're also actually adding health to your character when you move someone. When you move a character back, unless they have an ability that says, I will go right back to where I was, some characters do, some characters don't, but if you have, if they don't have the ability to go right back to where they were, um, then you effectively just rob them of one of their actions. You took one of those precious like eleven or so actions that they have, that you just took it out of the game, and that effectively adds health to you. If they're a beat 'em up model, even someone like Hulk who gets three power a game, that's now not three power he has because he has to Hulk leap right back towards you, right? Um, so 
I, one of the things that's unwritten about this is the first thing you're like, oh, wow, control characters that are going to be able to move me around are definitely going to have an advantage on scenario in which, uh, you know, in, in which I have to stand in a space to get me points to win. But they're also, what it says is, man, a control character is just going to not receive as many attack dice. There's not going to. A lot of things about Thanos say is he should live longer, and he does live a fairly long time. But I think the real reason why he does is he's just, like you said, he's, he's messing with your plan. He's displacing the other army so well that they struggle to commit. And this is why I'll actually say the, the whole argument was what's better, uh, moving versus rolling. In my personal opinion, if you want to roll and that's what you want to do, you should take almost exclusively high range and mobility models because you need to constantly be rolling, I think. So if you're not taking high range or high mobility models, you better have some really weird and good plan. Like, for example, my rapid fire plan is a really weird and perhaps good plan because, yes, you're not going to you're going to have to move to get into position, but then you're going to shoot twice, which is functionally the same thing you would do as if you just stood still and shot twice. Um, the best version of that is Winter Soldier, who stands still and shoots twice because he has a movement effect and a range five gun. So like he's the premium version of that. Ghost Rider is a premium version because uh, he's almost always going to have three power, and so he's going to move and attack. So I think any model in the game that has a really consistent to get charge is the best version, or a consistent movement, a really long range gun is if you want to roll dice and you you look at your your army and they only have range two and three attacks, you better have a really good excuse for that because you're not going to win on attrition that way. I don't think you win on attrition that way consistently. Maybe you do sometimes against somebody else doing a fair list, but I think you're going to lose on attrition because I agree with you. I think if there was just a decision, everyone, right now, decide. Moving versus rolling. I think moving actually wins every time. Moving your models, moving your opponent's models. I think it's just better. Um, There's just so much randomness in a in in the D8 system. Like it's just not. It just feels like it's not a smooth curve at all. I mean, uh, if we roll a thousand dice, it might smooth out and look like a proper curve. But it seems like you know during the game, you've got what five models rolling, you know, five dice apiece, twenty five, six, whatever. Like you're not even coming close to a thousand. <laughs> So like, and, and we all know you sit there and wait and you have your turn where you roll bad and you're like, well, hopefully it swings around. And sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it just doesn't. Um, it's just weird. Like, I, I actually think this is why X-23 feels so, so badass in the game right now is she moves herself for really cheap. So she's going to be able to roll her attacks. She re-rolls a dice. So every time she rolls an attack, she's actually adding one dice to that roll worth of variance, right? She's getting an extra functional mm -hmm. dice. Um, and they, and they have pierce. So her dice become better than your opponent's dice, because when they're a wild dice, they're worth more in the game. So she feels, she has all these little things that stack up on top of one another that lots of characters of the game have one of these or a few or, or two of these, but she's the only one that has all three. And by the way, she's only three points. That other one point 
worth of value is going into another model that can produce some offense as well. So as Wolverine has some of these things too, he doesn't have the reroll, which again is bad, but Wolverine costs an extra point for the same kind of premium stuff. So that is a point you're not getting on the other model who could be contributing fantastic dice. This is why I think if you're trying to roll dice and you're watching people roll dice and your army is a fair army rolling dice and then you see x23 for the first time and you get rolled by her and she feels so amazing and you're like why is she so amazing and just it turns out she just does the thing you need to do if you're rolling dice you need to be making your dice more valuable rolling them more often moving while you do it so you're always being able to to commit your dice and you need to do it for a premium cost so that your other models can be doing the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why characters that are really, really good, like War Machine, just feel okay. Have like three game slumps where they never really do anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, he never did anything. You know, No, he didn't, because he had to move or attack at range three. Like, that's it. Like, so... He he's only going to get to do that a couple times in a game, and he could he only rolls so many d8s, and d8s just don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. That's true. So that's you know I mean uh, that that's been my experience lately. Uh, I've been playing a lot of five d lists, and it it just becomes kind of frustrating at times. And I find that I either win pretty hard, or I will lose, and I feel like I did the same thing I did in the game I won really hard. You know, it doesn't feel like there's mistakes or anything. It just feels like, I guess this one isn't in the cards for me. You know, like, yeah, Hulk Hulk can't kill anything this game. That's interesting. Yeah, well, Hulk. Yeah, Hulk can definitely not roll enough, not roll a lot of dice. Um, but hopefully he's, he's contributing in some other way because he's throwing your opponent's model. Yeah, he he has his own thing. Taking a lot, he of can dice. he can do stuff. Um, but I mean, you're playing six points for him. For God's sake, you better. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons why. And actually, this is this is actually a good point. Just you just mentioned it, um, which is if you look at this game, once you reach that five point and six point level, so many, so many five and six point characters. I'm just because they say five plus have movement effects boiled into them, and the reason why is that is stronger. It is stronger. Mm-hmm. Um it will help you feel like they are doing more to affect the game because that is the most effective way to use your turn is to move other models. Uh, Hulkbuster and Magneto and Doctor Strange, uh, they feel amazing because they're moving your opponent's models around. And this is also why, conversely, um, let's see, just pick somebody. Uh, This is why Cable... And Black Bolt don't feel like that. Cable because moves Cable himself, Black though. Bolt, Black Bolt doesn't. That's true. I will say that. Yeah, Cable does move himself. He does have one movement thing, and he's, he's but he's not moving opponents. Correct. And so many others on the list move opponents. Um, Angela's another one who doesn't move opponents. She absolutely moves herself. She's going to move like a fucking bat out of hell, but she doesn't move opponents. Amazing Spider-Man, same thing. He's He's going to move himself for sure. But he doesn't move opponents, so he's definitely these models, Cable, Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, rather, and Angela are in that category where 
you're probably going to roll a lot of dice because you're moving and attacking all the time. Cable actually does feels really good if you want to roll attack dice because he probably rolls two attacks turn one mm-hmm. and every turn after he probably rolls two attacks. Um, but Black Bolt feels horrible because <laughs> he really, because he needs a dog, so he's an eight point model. Because he's got you got you've got to spend eight points to make him place with another character, which by the way feels horrible because it it telegraphs everything right. Um, in a game where in a game where it's my I move you move I move you move and Black Bolt has to spend a three point model's activation to move, and then your opponent gets to decide what to do to him is just so dumb. It makes him feel so bad. <laughs> Yeah, Black and Bolt this really is why. Yeah, he's really he's really strange. When you look at his base attacks, though, he looks like a monster. Like he really does. But then when you play him, you're like, oh shit, this just doesn't work. And I think the reason why it feels so lackluster is exactly all the th- the the things we just talked about. If you're rolling dice, you've got to be doing it and moving and committing really consistent dice. Yeah, uh, or both. And he doesn't do that. And he doesn't throw. He doesn't move anybody. So. Yeah, I. This is what I've yeah. I've always had kind of a checklist for like what's going on in the list and in your list and in your models and it's like what do you do? Are you charging? Are you throwing something? Do you get extra thing? Like what do you do? And mm-hmm. what's interesting is a lot of the lists I've played lately don't do anything. <laughs> like like I say like mm-hmm. uh, uh, Midnight Suns they don't yeah they don't do anything. Like, they get to attack extra right. with their little siege thing, and they get to place themselves. But, again, you know how far that's going to be, and you need power to do it. If your opponent just doesn't give you any power, it's really funny. Because you're like, I'll move. And then it's just kind of like they got to get their own power and do their own thing. It's ugh. Here's an interesting thing. Here's an interesting – yeah, this is interesting. Um, I actually just found – I was looking at other – thinking about my statement of how if you've got like a five point model in order to feel like you're really affecting the game, it's why they tend to bake these two features that we've talked about uh, either high ability to commit dice Mm -hmm. or control effects or both. I found a character that feels good, but doesn't have either. Um, And that's Scarlet Witch. I think it's just because they made her dice so efficient with the skulls by baking in the reality stone, like permanent reality stone into her dice. Yeah. She has the Corvus. She has the Corvus syndrome. Yeah. Her dice are better than your dice. Right. I think that's how they get away with that. So you will, you will feel that your dice are better than hers. Kind of in the same way I mentioned with, with uh, the presence of Mm -hmm. um, Pierce. You, I'm sorry, you were saying you said, Oh, I was just thinking she, as a five point model, um, as good as she is, she really isn't taken that often these days. I mean, mm-hmm. she really is very static, and she she has to chase you down. If you can move her every turn, she gets to do one thing. She just does one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You need to – she feels like – right now I feel like she's strapped to exactly um, A-Force because yeah. – I Her agree. and She-Hulk feel so cool together. They, they, She-Hulk does all the things that she wants to do. Uh, A-Force stops her from moving for a turn, the crucial turn where you need to commit her awesome dice. And she is not made of paper when she has the big green pillar of salt next to her. Um, so Yeah. And Brotherhood got yeah, Juggernaut, feels... so they don't need another five-pointer. Right. 
Right. And Juggernaut's all about the mobility again. He's always going to be able to commit his dice. He doesn't roll twice when he commits it, like Amazing Spider-Man, but he does roll a lot of dice when he commits it. So he doesn't have to roll two smaller attacks. He's rolling one big one. But he's also doing plink damage where it doesn't require dice. And he does have a throw just once per game with the card. So he does plenty of extra things. Um, yeah, I think those are the <clears throat> I think those are the, the only two models that kind of stood out as not having those two things were Black Bolt and Scarlet Witch. But again, we did say that Scarlet Witch's dice are better than yours, which is kind of like having Pierce on a wild Um when your dice are better than everybody else's, it does feel like you're doing something. But man, that mm-hmm. poor fucking Black Bolt, man. <laughs> yeah, he really got it, didn't he? Because he's got, when you look at his basic attack, it is X-23's attack. It's a five dice, um, wild pierce with a reroll, gains power. Uh-huh. It's range four and energy. That's just straight up better. Yep. But it costs two more points on a model that can't position himself nope. in any way. <laughs> Nope. So, when do you ever get to do his thing on his backside? I guess. Oh, it's yeah. X twenty three will do it to you three times. Yep. <laughs> like it, he's just sick. Like yeah. Black Bolt could be oh, four by the points, way, it... and all of a sudden right. that faction would open up. I mean, wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. They'd be like, "That's fine." Oh, finally, finally, a four point character you feel good about in. Um, Inhumans. <laughs> Honestly, I think Medusa actually is probably still just fine. She got she got uh, quote unquote nerfed, not maybe actually nerfed, but she does all the things we just talked about. By the way, for four points, mm-hmm. moves herself, yeah, moves people, throws things. Mm-hmm. Does she even throw people? Still, I think she does. With I Look. believe so. Yeah, I believe she pushes. It's so long since the card. Yeah, enemy character size three or less and throws it. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, she does actually all those things. Yeah, and she's stu- that's why she's even, stupid. She, <clears throat> she lost her very. E- she lost her easy flurry, but she's still very, very good. And if she had a decent model, I'd play her. Yeah, she does look like she's got like underwater hair, kind of. It's not exactly alive. It's more just like a big mass. Um, uh, yeah, I just think I don't know. I, just a wad of hair. I I can't get over it. I, it just looks dumb. Anywho, um, speaking of uh, love for guardians, if you if you feel like you've exhausted this topic, I'm I feel like done. we got it. I think I feel like we nailed it. We did. We we really um, did. No notes. Job. No notes. Um, <laughs> so I've got. Uh, if for those of you guys who are guardians fans, um, and and also if you like X twenty three, she's also in this uh, issue. Uh, I have a comic corner for you. It's a Guardians of the Galaxy, an all-new X-Men crossover. For those of you who are unaware, um, <clears throat> right after Cyclops went crazy, spoiler alert, uh, he became Dark Phoenix for a couple seconds and killed Professor X. Um, Beast took it on him, it took it upon himself to, in a moment of racked with guilt and misunderstanding about how his life turned up so upside down, he thought, you know what, I bet it would be better if Scott just understood how far he's come. So he decides, in his magnanimity, to pull the original X-Men team of uh, uh, Iceman, original Beast, Jean Grey, uh, Cyclops, and Angel from, like, the 50s or whatever it was, or 60s, and just sucks them out using time travel and brings them to the present MC universe. And... um, if that sounds like a really bad idea, it is instantly. 
I think it's really weird that Hank McCoy, depending upon who's writing him, sometimes he is this super hokey, like, oh, my stars and garters, let me do a couple leaps and punch this guy with the back of my heel. Or he's this incredible egomaniac, horrible self-esteem combination. I don't understand this character a lot of the time. But anyway, this issue that I'm talking about, the only reason why I mentioned how this happens is if you picked up Guardians of the Galaxy, all new X-Men, you would go, what the fuck? Why are all these characters so young? And why is Beast not blue? It's because these are actually the original X-Men moved forward in time by Beast, and that was the reason why. So during their adventures, um, uh, as it turns out, the Shi'ar Empire finds out that Jean Grey is alive again. And for those of you who don't know their ancient uh, Marvel history, when Jean Grey was taken over by the Phoenix, she completely destroyed several, like, Shi'ar homeworlds, like, vaporized them. And so when Gladiator, the current regent of, uh, uh, sorry, at the time, the regent of the Shi'ar Empire, finds out that she's alive again, he's like, well, she needs to fess up for these crimes. She eradicated planets. And they try to say, but this is not really her. This is a teenage version of her that would have been like 20 years before she was ever invested with the Phoenix. He goes, don't care. She's Jean Grey. And so he goes and kidnaps her off the planet Earth. The, the Guardians get pissed because the Guardians put a moratorium on cosmic entities fucking with Earth. So they show up to intervene. And so now you've got the X-Men and the Guardians teaming up to go up against the Shi'ar. And if that doesn't make your whistle wet just by hearing that sentence, then I don't know what to tell you. You could go ahead and read Image Comics, I guess, because you need to read other things. Um, it's exactly as awesome as it sounds. My favorite part of the comic, actually, is it features some of my favorite, like, not super canon X-Men. Like, X-23 is going with them. She's a member of the all-new X-Men at this point. Uh, Angela is featured prominently because she's in the Guardians at this point. Uh, Brian Bendis, the one who is writing the all-new X-Men storyline, does a great job with this kind of train wreck of a beginning plot. He makes it super interesting and awesome. And when he takes over the Guardians, he does a great job with their whole personification and who they are. And the two teams meshing is wonderful to watch teenagers who are out of time literally get also out of space with some of the kookiest like characters in the Marvel Universe. It's ex Iceman and Rocket Raccoon together at the same time is exactly as funny as you think it is. Um, and one of the cool things they do with this is they talk about you know the not only the responsibility of like uh, of a crime you haven't yet committed which is a you know an old sci-fi trope but um Jean Grey who is you know um a character that is usually just kind of a vessel for bad things that happen she's usually just kind of a, a center point of drama that all the X-Men kind of revolve around um the romantic love interest at one moment and then a tragic figure in another she's been killed like five times but in this one she just this young version uh, is much more of an empowered character, and she just kind of says, I am fed up with always being the fucking center of this attention. And so she kind of goes ape and shows a brand new power set um, that the old Jean Grey never exhibited. So basically, um, and here Bendis asserts that if Jean Grey had gone through a different you know, set of trials when she was younger, she could have been a very different person and even a different mutant. So it's really cool that she goes toe-to-toe -to -toe with Gladiator at one point, and it's really cool to see. So if you're a Jean Grey fan, if you love some of the side characters in Guardians or X-Men, uh, or if you just like if you just like when you get a, a who's who of mutants and cosmic characters all on the same screen at the same time, all interacting, and you love that feeling of everything's, you know, 
uh, everything, everybody's here in this party, you'll like this comic. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and all new X Men: The Trials of Jean Grey. Really good miniseries by Brian Bendis. Did a good job. So gonna go, are you going to go read it, Jeremy, right now? Um, you know what? I'm probably not, but I will wait for <laughs> the um upcoming um movie or series on Disney Plus. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this is this does have like a Disney Plus thing written all over it. If I'm sure, because it has all the Disney, it checks all the Disney Plus boxes. Tons of characters that everyone loves, and the opportunity for all of them to show up at the same time to cost an exorbitant amount of money, and also have a ridiculous internet presence because they're all at the screen at the same time. Perfect. Um, I'm in. It's ba- it's got all the things Disney Plus likes. But um, all right, so it looks like that's got to wrap us up for today. Um, this has been Doctor Mantis Debugging MD. This has been Jeremy by Elden Ring, you fools. <laughs> and this is uh, this has been the gang finally sheds the dead weight. So what are we gonna call this thing? Uh, I got it. Okay, incredible new. Fantastic, astonishing, mighty, original, uncanny, sensational podcast. I'm just going to put down infamous. All right, right, we're live. And I, hey, I'm actually podcasting this time. It's not bullshit. <laughs> it's like real. Like it's for it's real. Like real. <laughs> if people real ask, now. you'll actually be able to tell them. Hey, yeah. look at me. Look what I I'm done doing. Podcasted. I'm podcasting. I'm doing it without without training wheels. I feel like I'm wobbling in the cul-de-sac right Jesus now. Jesus Christ! And, and Brandon's behind me. Just does anyone gonna? Me on. Does anyone know? <laughs> Do you feel feels just a slightly like? You found your your dad's like playboys. You're like, oh yeah. No. <laughs> the best part is, by the way, uh, for anyone who's listening to this, we are not going to edit this at all. We're just going to give it to Brandon at some oh, point, and this he's, is he's going to do his magic. This so. is raw dog. It, it's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to listen to this and wonder. Ugh, I guess I have to try to print this I, somehow. I doubt he'll listen to it. That's the best part. We'll have to put some <laughs> sort of fucking just, code. Just yeah. go up oh, there. There's the start. And play. <laughs> Most likely. I like I like it. Uh, okay. So, uh, tell me about Elden Ring. Because uh, I, everybody I love and care about has told me that this game is both a blessing and a curse. Is that a good description? Or is is it just a blessing? Um, so, it's <laughs> Dark Souls with training wheels. Like, Dark Souls mm. would say, you have to walk across the continent... Um, as in Breath of the Wild style, like the world is open, go. No horse, no nothing. You have to walk. You walk every time. Every time you die, it's hours to get back where you're at. That's Dark Souls, okay? That's who made this game. It is not different in graphics and style than Dark Souls. Exactly the same. There's the duck and move and jive and then get punched in the head and you die from it. Like, it, it just is. However, they have given you a horse, which allows you to tear ass through the entire game. Like, you just go, go fast now. And he just goes. Like, you can't really be hit. He just fucking tears ass across the continent. Goes forever, super fast. Then, there's like little save spots all over the place. Where Dark Souls, you had to earn it. 
Like you had these mm-hmm. campfires and every time you got to one, you're like sweating bullets. It's been hours. You're like ready to throw the game in the trash and you're like, I finally made it. And you save and you're like, oh, thank Christ. Nah, this one, there's save spots everywhere. Basically, mm-hmm. the threat of actual danger isn't there. Um, with that said, the open world adventure that is in Elden Ring is phenomenal. You never know what's around every corner. There's something different, something new, something weird. Um, and it just it's just intriguing. Like everywhere you go, there's some giant monster thing that's like the size of a house and has different ways of attacking and you gotta figure it out. Um but yeah, if if anyone interested or has played Dark Souls and didn't hate it, Elden Ring is for them. Um if you think it's Skyrim, wrong. It is not Skyrim. You cannot just walk around and do what you want. Elden Ring is not that. It's totally different than that. Um, Music's great. Bosses are cool. Everything's cool. Um, But it is hard as fuck in a lot of ways. Like, the bosses do not mess around. um, And they do take certain amounts of, like, play it 300 times, and you'll finally dodge and roll at the right time, and you'll finally kill the guy you're trying to kill. Um, And you'll feel great about it. That that's kind of it. That that's it in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I really liked about Dark Souls, I played I think Dark Souls two, I think, mm-hmm. and I didn't hate it, uh, yeah, but I okay. did. I did eventually. Well, what's the best way to put it? I was like, I don't know if this is going anywhere. Is actually what mm-hmm. I, I kind of re- I kind of got to. Not mad that I had played it, not like regretting anything, but I'm just like, where is this going? What am I doing? <laughs> and I just kind of wandered away from it. Uh, like, like a Vikings, you know, going over the horizon. I was just like, I'll just, I'll just do something else. Yeah. Um, but I will say that one of the things I love about the dark souls that I really appreciated is there were lots of moments in the game where I was like, you know what? I just don't want to fight the dragon like this. This looks like a really stupid idea. Well, look underneath the bridge. I could just go down there and just shoot arrows from underneath its like armpit. Yeah, it yeah. would take me four hours, but <clears throat> I would eventually kill yep. it. Like I really liked that about that game, that it was a tunnel game, right? Like you were on a rail, but the rail had like just like open shit around it. You could hang underneath the rail and still kill things. Mm-hmm. I really appreciated that. And it was part it was the parts of the game where you were thrown into a pit with a giant spider that I didn't like, because there was no there was no getting away from it. I just had, like you said, I just had to dodge exactly correctly 80 times in a row. And I would rather have, I would rather have been given almost like a puzzle game, like, like what I felt yeah. some of the game was. And I've heard, or what I understand is that this game is more like that first kind of encounter, which I described where, cause everything is so open. Yes. The game is very open. There's a lot of opportunities for you to go, no, I think going straight at this thing is the wrong idea. I'm going to do this weird tangential solution because the game lets me. Um, Well, what's funny is, like you say, you go around it. One of the ways to go around it is go level, where Dark Souls really didn't let you grind. It it had hard stop walls. It was very linear. This game, you're like, this guy beat my ass. You're like, I will be back, motherfucker. So then you come back and you're like, what do you feel about lightning? What do you feel yeah. about dragon fire? Like, and mm-hmm. you can like t- do interesting, fun things like that. And at the end of the day, you can go grind a bit, you know, however long it takes, and then just go beat the thing's ass if you need to, or just ignore it entirely. So far, I've only found a couple hard walls where it was like, you have to do this to cross the bridge to go further in the game. But mm-hmm. like all the other Souls games, you simply draw something on the floor and someone comes and helps you. 
Like you just mm-hmm. get past it. You're like, cool, thank you, and move on. Mm-hmm. Um, the sense of adventure is really alive in it, and also the sense of achievement. Like when you take mm-hmm. down some of this nonsense, like you really feel like you did something, which is pretty That's cool. That's cool. I also something else that the original Dark Souls was missing is I really like to dress up my knight. I like to make him look pretty, <laughs> yeah. and I liked him to have a theme and shit. Uh-huh. And so uh, the other Dark Souls game, the armor is not that the art art style was bad. I think it was cool. Like they uh-huh. made everything have a lot of character, but uh, there was no differentiating. You were just knight guy, like bland mm-hmm. knight guy. And in this one, as I understand it, I haven't got to play yet, but as I understand it, you make actually a lot of decisions about your character, yeah. and that changes your style and your look, and um, you can spend time investing into certain stats and skills and then find equipment that supports that style. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that's super traditional like RPG stuff, yep. but I do, I do really like that aspect because that lets me do my favorite thing, which is watch videos uh, and uh, research things for hours and hours. Yeah. I am that horrible, horrible like gamer that my brother hates because before I start a game, I will learn all about the game for mm-hmm. just hours. I will read reference text after reference text after chart and document pouring over them to make a plan for how I'm going to play the game, and then I'll play it. And I love every second of that. Elden Ring isn't terrible about that. I mean, that's actually a really good way to do it because just running about getting murdered nonstop isn't that much fun. Have a goal. And that's exactly what my brother is struggling with right now. He's like, this I says, I know this game is supposed to be good, but I really don't like that I can't just play it. Like, I have to be just like i have to be thinking about yeah. all these things all the time so i think about like you yeah. said long-term planning and he's like i just want the game to happen at me and for me to have to deal with it and it's not the way it's working out for him so my only real like criticism about it that's not cool is some of the quest lines or let me just say most of the quest lines without assistance from online resources that have been like compiled over the last month that the game's been out. It's only been out a month and a half. But without the online resources, you would never in a million years figure out the 14-step process of getting the twizzle stick knife or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, right. And you just miss that. You'll just miss that without research. Like you have to go online and research mm-hmm. it because you truly it's, – it's, it's, it's as obscure as – Go to this part of the woods, snap your fingers. If you do that, a guy will come out as a wolf, and you talk to the wolf. Then you go to three other people you've already talked to, in the order I'm telling you. Do that, and the door will open. And it's fucking ridiculous. It's like 15 steps to do a thing, and you never would come across that just wandering about the game. And there's lots of that. Mm -hmm. And so that's really, as a completionist that some people are, I'm not. So I could care less. I don't care about that stuff that much. But as a completionist, right. it would make you insane. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. That is things are uh, things are really organic in that, you know, you could go your whole life and maybe never meet your true soulmate. Because there's mm-hmm. a lot of people in the world and, they, and they're separated by a lot of space. Hell, one of them might speak fucking French and live in <laughs> yeah. Quebec and you have no idea how to yeah, meet that person, exactly. right? And that's kind of how Elden Ring works. <laughs> like, you mm-hmm. may not ever find your one true item that you needed if you just play it blind, mm-hmm. right? If you play it with no support. 
if you don't have a fucking Tinder functionally, you know, like that's going to yeah. help you connect <laughs> to people. Yeah. Because, because it, because they tried to make it feel that open and vast and also uh, fate based kind of just like where you're just like looking into things. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which they're, they're not doing it the luck style of like Diablo or destiny where you just get infinite items constantly and you're yeah. looking for the perfect one. Instead, mm-hmm. they're just like infinite space, infinite time. And then maybe you meet somebody in that space that gives you something that works. I do think it's really cool. I, even though the, the researching part of me really, really, really wants to do that. And I don't think mm-hmm. I can play that game without just like pouring myself into the, the, the text sure. and lore and learning all about it. I don't think I'll be able to enjoy it. But there's part of me that wants to just briefly like play through it for a little while while researching nothing. Because wouldn't it be really interesting? Wouldn't it be like an amazing gaming moment to just wander along, like you said, like a wolf in the forest. And he goes, you need to go do this. And you like work really hard to figure it out. And it gives you like exactly the thing you want. Like you didn't know it was going to be the thing you want. It just gives you this sword that's perfect for your character. And you're like, oh my God, my soulmate. Like, wouldn't that feel awesome? <laughs> it would feel so special. But the chances yeah. of that happening are like you finding your actual soulmate in real life. Like that's what mm-hmm. they tried to do. They made it that, uh, that, Maybe difficult, at, you um, know. As a Souls game, a From Software game, the dude that makes the games, honestly, if you do any sort of research or you know any sort of like online wiki article stuff on Souls games, trying to figure out what the fuck is actually going on is damn near impossible. So oh, like, yeah. <laughs> you're like, who yeah. are the people in the trees doing the what with the who? Like that doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense. And these people are why. Like, it's just some bizarre, crazy Japanese shit that may make sense in Japan, historical. Like, I don't know. But, man, it is odd, odd, odd. And, again, you'll do these crazy quests, and if you don't know what you're going to get, you could accidentally happen upon some sort of thing that's a ring that you should never, ever have that fits a different character entirely that is trash to you. Like you're mm-hmm. like, did I? What did I just do? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, I was reading. I was I was reading online. Oh, sorry, I was watching a quick video. It was popped mm-hmm. up on one of my random feeds. It was like, would you like to play as a samurai in like the first twenty minutes? Mm-hmm. This is how you do it. And so the guy just starts like running through. He's like, okay, this is from the like place you get the horse. Yeah, go this way. And he like goes through this thing, and he drops. And he's like, now drop into this hole. And he like drops into this hole. Yep. There are thousands. There's like there are eight, there are a dozen the, like these weird monsters around you, just zigzag like this. And so he just yeah. like, and then he goes, and now open up this bridge. The bridge actually brings you to a different little like subcontinent or something. Yeah. And he goes through that, and he goes right next to this. If you go to the left, you'll find a little save point. One of the things you talked about. Yep. And he's like, now click that save point. Now turn around and go back into the portal. You need that save point in case something fucks out with you as you go to the other area. <laughs> like, yep. if you're like, okay, and he's like, but if you do all these things in this order, it's actually really easy to get this sword. And now you have the sword of, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, like you said, like Dragonfire, and yep. lets you hold the sword in one hand and cast a giant fireball in the other, and and you're like, this is really good if you're playing this exact kind of character. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, see, that's like I get how if you'd played you know, 140 hours of that game and you'd gone through all those things already the long way, you could probably work out how to do this backwards. I'm sure that's some mm-hmm. way that these content creators are making this stuff. But um, 
But like you said, what if you had done something the long way trying to get that, and then you got it, and you're like, okay, cool. <sighs> I'm playing a samurai character, so this means fuck all, moving on. Like, yep. <laughs> that's all that happened. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird. I, I don't know that the game would be half as popular if there wasn't, a, like, online resources. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's literally impossible without having to use the world's information to gather up each step for these crazy quests. I mean, it's truly impossible, like, to do some of these things if it wasn't for, like, the world gathering around, you know, putting all this information into one single wiki or whatever, because it's, it's just ludicrous. It's hang wind chimes for four hours and then fight a boss. You're like, what? You know, like, <laughs> so dumb. Me and my friend were, uh, my buddy was in town from Atlanta, and we're sitting here playing this game, and the thing we commonly were looking over at each other talking about was, this game is stupid. Like, and we love it to death, but it's stupid as fuck. Like, you're like, you do what now? And snap your fingers in the woods, and the wolf howls, and you're like, well, by God, it worked. And then this guy appears, and you're like, okay, talk to the guy. And it's just dumb. Like, there's no sense in, like, how did this just happen? Like, we just kind of learned about, like, this is how to get this weapon. So you just start along this path to do these things. And you're like, by God, it's working. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. That is that is both my nightmare and my dream. But I think it's just that's what it is, right? <laughs> yeah. So like, that's, how, that's, how, that's how nightmares start, right? I think yeah. it's often started out as dreams. I could be so excited to then. Like, oh. And my young kids keep asking, what's the story? I'm like, it's it's Lord of the Rings, but Very. weird. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's weird. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, don't, tr- don't try to make sense of it. And that's actually my favorite brother's favorite part. He's like, at least there's no fucking lore. <laughs> <laughs> True I don't enough. Want to know about it. I, I don't want to know any of this. I don't care about this shit. Just like, oh, you're, what are you, like a Western guy? What are you, like a spaghetti monster? Let's just go ahead and do this. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, I no, 100%. I, I don't care. Yeah, I don't. So I don't how many arms? He's, he's oh my god! Much. There's like, so the the um, enemies are pretty standard issue. You know, you have zombies, you have you know monsters, you mm-hmm. got monsters with more than one arm. Uh, they've got a new one. There's a there's a new monster that I've never seen in my whole life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Over the swamp, there's these hot air balloons that are about the size of I don't know uh, a car. They look they're about a balloon <laughs> the size of a car, and mm-hmm. they're about I don't know twenty feet up. And they have four dudes who have themselves, like, cinched to it. And as soon as you walk by, they uncinch themselves and they fall to the ground and attack you. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> that's some wow. Mad Max shit right there. That's that's some stuff they dream up for post-apocalyptic. That's awesome. And it was really funny because when we went upon them, we're like, I wonder if they fall from those balloons. Because you could see kind of what they were doing. Sure enough, uh-huh. you get near them, they drop from the balloons, and they start attacking you. And you're like, well, by God, there it is. <laughs> it's funny. That's awesome. Uh, okay, speaking of lore, yep. uh, I want to change the subject slightly. Have you seen the book of Boba Fett? Have you watched it? No, I have not. Okay. Ah, darn it. I really wanted to geek out about the book of Boba Fett. You can't. I, 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 actually, I, I can't I remember. Are you, a Star, are you a Star Wars fan much at all? I can't even remember if we were um, in a Star Wars conversation. So, as awesome things go, I don't know anything about Star Wars lore. I know I have watched mm-hmm. the movies. I enjoy them. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, I know more about Star Wars than maybe my parents do, but that's about it. Okay. Yeah. Like, I I will say I will say that. Did you watch the Mandalorian? Did you? Yeah, I did. That? I loved it. I saw that oh, twice. Okay. Okay. Well, there you go. If you watch you, season one and two, then I'm guessing. Yep. Okay. 
So if you like the Mandalorian, let me t- let me make you this promise. Okay. Because you like the Mandalorian, you will love the book of Boba Fett. Okay. You will love it. Because I, I did watch like the first four episodes. I did watch some of it. Oh, the, of the book? Yeah. You did? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is exactly why the book of Boba Fett was bad. Is the first like four episodes. Yeah, I was like bored. <laughs> yes, because as it turns out, and I may I may this may be our very first hate mail we get on this podcast <laughs> because of the statement I'm about. Yes. It which is which is I as it turns out, I think Boba Fett is a boring character. I think yeah. he is. Like I I own several Boba Fett graphic novels. Okay. Um, I have like one of the old school Dark Horse prints of, uh, they made of him. I have the original Death Lies and Treachery. They're like the very first comic they ever mm-hmm. made with featuring him by himself. And I love them. That Boba Fett was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, the Boba Fett we meet in this show is just seems like a tired, fat old man. And and I, I'm not mad about what they tried to do with him, but I know a lot of super fans are super mad. Like, this is not my Boba Fett, you know, like not my Boba Fett kind of sign and poster shit. And I'm, and I'm, I'm don't feel that way because I think it's fine that they chose to write him like this. Because I think if you were a tired old man, you probably would be tired of that bullshit that they always wrote him in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think from that perspective, it's it's not weird what they did with him. However, as it turns out, a crime boss in the star wars universe that wants to rule through respect and just can't get no respect is kind of a dumb story it's just just boring Mm -hmm. um however for reasons that i don't understand i don't know if it was a product producer's decision or i think it's probably a john favreau dave filoni decision is what my gut tells me they just kind of stop making the show about boba fett entirely like really just he just leaves the show for one entire episode. Oh god. And it's and it's just the Mandalorian, the child, uh Luke Skywalker and Ahsoka Tano, R2D2. Oh, really? Like yes, it's just a it's just Mandalorian season 2.5. It's not even it's not even like we see Boba Fett for a moment and mm-hmm. he's like I wonder if there are any other Mandalorians switch to the Mandalorian. No. Opening scene, Mandalorian <laughs> in a, in, in, uh, is assaulting a crime boss. The rest of the episode about wow. him. That's it. Wow. Like, it, So if you watch the end of the episode, I think the episode four, I think that's the right episode, mm-hmm. is at the end, Boba Fett says, he's like, I think we're going to need some muscle. And then Shand says, I think I know someone. Like, And then you hear the doo-doo-doo, doo-doo-doo, like oh. that, that, that oboe thing. Uh-huh. That episode ends that way. The next episode features Boba Fett, zero moments. It's just about the Mandalorian. Huh. And it doesn't have anything to do with Boba Fett. It's just the Mandalorian dealing with the fallout from season two. He's huh. going to like go do something now because the child's no longer with him and he has a hole left in his heart. And oh. he's going to try to find the other Mandalorians that survived that original attack uh, on their on their enclave in season one. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you catch up with them and you see all them again. Um, he's dealing with the having possession of the dark saber and like what does that mean for himself um, and his people? And then holy shit, I'm not spoiling anything okay. because there's so much more to this. And then after the first like 15 minutes of just holy amazing God, I love this show so much. Why wasn't this the thing I was watching? Uh-huh. It switches to Luke Skywalker training Grogu. 
on awesome jungle planet. And you're like, <laughs> and I was beside myself. I was beside myself. I was like, this is huh. amazing. I started okay. squealing when I saw what they were doing. I was like, are they really going to let me watch Grogu get Jedi trained on, on this cool fucking jungle planet? Like, and that that's what it was. That's what it was for the next 50 minutes. <laughs> what the fuck? It's just, and so the end of that episode is why does the Mandalorian, you know, why do we need to know what the Mandalorian is doing? Well, he's going to go help Boba Fett. And so then the rest of the show is the Mandalorian story plus Boba Fett story together, mm-hmm. which by the way, <laughs> I'm going to let you watch it. But I actually believe that Dave Filoni and John Favreau love the Mandalorian so much that it's the, 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 Book of Boba Fett started with, man, Boba Fett has a problem. And ends with, uh-oh, Din Djarin better fix this problem. And so he does. The end. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, and you're just like, I'm just like, what? I'm pretty sure Boba Fett is not the hero of this story. And the real hero comes in in Act 4 of 5. Like, this is so weird. All right. Well, um, I'm sold. Yeah. So, yeah. Watch. Uh, I started watching Episode 4 uh, last night. And I watched episode five, six, and seven directly after that. I didn't really? go to sleep till one in the morning. I couldn't stop. Huh. So um, I have a question. Mm-hmm. And the question is, why does Boba Fett only have one missile? What's what the uh, big... Like in general? The big missile or... on his backpack. He has a missile. Uh-huh. What is that about? Like why Why doesn't he carry an extra one is what you're saying? Or what? Yeah, I guess. Like I've never heard of such a thing. Well, uh, now here's, here's where we get more hate mail. <laughs> um, from Star Wars nerds, but <laughs> but I actually I know a I do know something because I've also read like the, all the old Republic stuff where like the original uh-huh. Mandalorian lore a lot of that lore comes from. Uh, this is graphic novels I read, not the not the old you know uh, novels which are now not lore anymore. Mm-hmm. But in the old school stuff, which is not technically Disney canon anymore, Mandalorians didn't always have missiles on their backpacks. It mm-hmm. was kind of a personal choice kind of thing. And they usually were just jetpacks. That's all they were. It's just for mobility. Um, and so I think the jetpack that Boba Fett has with the rocket is just kind of unusual and special. And the technology that he uses is a little bit different and special. For example, you notice that every time he wants to use it, he actually has to lower that little antenna that he mm-hmm. has on his helmet and like sight it. And that's not available in every Mandalorian like outfit. The Mandalorian, for example, Din Djarin does not have an antenna because he doesn't have a targeting system in his helmet. Um, mm. So I think it's just like the variety of suit you wear and Boba Fett's all about, you know, extreme prejudice. Um, so that's why I think it's just like a personal choice that warriors make. Okay. I don't know why. I don't know why a Mandalorian wouldn't carry more than one missile. It probably is just for dramatic effect. Like, because if he had 18 missiles and a cart behind him, he could solve every problem, but that's how a Dungeons and Dragons character solves problems. Right. Um, I thought maybe he was like licensed so. for one, like, you know, <laughs> don't, you can't have two. You just, you I think it's more, I, I think it's more of a, like a, a plot effect, right? Like when he uses it, you know, he means business. <laughs> there right? you go. Uh, I think it's less of a plot effect and more like an actual, tactic that he definitely can use i'm sure there's some bullshit lore out there that somebody can quote that says you know the technology is super sophisticated or very difficult to procure the kind of stuff that works with the mandalorian backpacks Mm -hmm. because the empire is so defunct or whatever 
I don't know, some bullshit. But it's um for like for example, one day I was talking to my uh, brother about this. Um, when the new you, since you've seen the Mandalorian, you know uh-huh. that when the New Republic fighters like show up and chase him through the like ice planet and he ends up crashing. Uh huh. Um, the first thing I did when I was watching that episode is I turned to my wife and I said, "Do they have any idea how fucking big space is?" <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, the likelihood of me flying around in a spaceship the size of, like, two you know, Toyota Highlanders and, like, finding another ship even as big as two semi-trucks is so insanely remote. Like, it's yeah. even if I had super sophisticated scanning equipment, insanely sophisticated scanning equipment, how extremely difficult that would be. It's weird that they think that you, like, blow by people like like on on i70 right like you just <laughs> yeah. drive by them and that's how big the space is that's that's not how that's not how policing could possibly work in outer space but anyway i think it's still it's the reason why i mentioned that scene is uh uh a that scene comes back in a, in a new flavor in that amazing episode like five i think it's five, episode mm. five that scene comes back and you'll, I'm not going to spoil it for why it's it's different yeah. and fun. But when that happened again, the first thing I thought was, how do they fucking find this guy in space? <laughs> like, yeah. Why why are these cops always trolling around the only place the Mandalorian <laughs> is? I don't. I There's don't a lot understand. of them. Even even if they were just in orbit around the planet that he's by, why if planets are fucking enormous? Like it would take them. It would take them hours to get around the planet, even if they knew he was on the other side. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand. Is that, but anyway, so the com- isn't that computer game? Is it called Elite Dangerous, where you go to stars and shit? Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Th- that one kind of shows you how big the galaxy is, being that yes, there's never anyone around ever. <laughs> no. Yeah, that game. I one of the things I played that game for about twenty minutes because oh, sorry, I played it for what felt like seven hours, but I think I only played <laughs> it for like twenty minutes. <laughs> and oh and I, that game was not boring. I totally get how somebody could really like it, but I was like, wow, this game does a really good job of making me feel like I'm in deep fucking space doing absolutely fucking nothing. Yep. And I'm gonna go mine the uh, sun, and you're like, okay, yeah, just, what else? You're just like. I would like to park my spaceship, please. You go, okay, we'll go through this 45-minute docking procedure. And you're like, <laughs> all right. Perfect. But I, I would just like to park my ship. and goes, yeah, well, you're in space, motherfucker. This is hard. <laughs> you're like, okay. There's not a better method at this point. You have spaceships. Yeah. But there's no way to land auto. Can you, can you please just give me a cutscene like Mass Effect and let me play this fucking game? <laughs> but that that was really dangerous. That's how you play the game. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So uh, I if I think it's I think it's absolutely wonderful that a big Mandalorian fan stopped on episode four of the Book of Boba Fett because they found it was boring, because that is that's like literally like somebody complaining about being thirsty and walking through a desert and like collapsing on the sand dune before the oasis. That's what that's like. It's just right mm-hmm. right there. You just barely missed. Seriously, I will say this, and this is this is extremely high praise. After the last three episodes of that show, I am just as excited about this IP moving forward as I was about the Avengers and Marvel IP after I saw the first Avengers. Oh movie. Lord! Wow. Okay. That's how, Bold that's, claim. That's how ex- that's how excited I was. Okay. Um, and I know, I know, it's motivated entirely by Din Djarin, but 
they've done such a good job of building a Star Wars universe around the Mandalorian that is mm-hmm. so fascinating and interesting. I every once in a while I will just drop whatever the fuck I'm doing. I will just stop. I will be in the middle of my work. I will be I was I mean there's things I'm supposed to do. I work with children. And mm-hmm. I will just stop. I'll find a quiet place and I will just watch that scene where Bill Burr shoots that Empire guy in the face. Oh man. Because so good. That scene is so amazing. Um, the first time I saw that scene, I was like, this might be my favorite, maybe the best scene of television I have ever witnessed. This mm. was so good. It, and it's all three of them. It's Bill Burr's just rising rage. And which, by the way, whoever cast that guy for that scene, fucking beautiful, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you listen to a lot of his stuff? Oh, uh, yeah. Like his comedy and stuff? Oh, yeah. yes. Like, per- Perfect person to be pissed at exactly that. Oh yeah. Um, so Bill Burr and and the the, the Empire guy is just you hate him so fast. Whoever mm-hmm. did that, he just did an amazing job. And then also, fucking Dent Jaren sitting there just like just like nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> yep. The whole thing, just like oh my god, oh my god. Like he's already like he feels completely pantsless. Like like he just walked into an army base with zero drawers on. Like that's how mm-hmm. he feels with his helmet off. And he he's like watching this slow butchering of a calf in front of him and he's just got to take it, you know, as he's watching. Oh, Jesus. It's just that that whole scene is so awesome. I thought I thought I had seen really good tension building in like Quentin Tarantino movies. They're my favorite like tension building movies. Mm-hmm. I love Quentin Tarantino movies. And then I watched that scene. I was like, God damn. Uh, Pulp Fiction and uh, uh, well, my favorite tension building scene is all the ones with Hans Landa from oh, yes, uh, Inglorious Bastards. Like, I was like, that. those scenes have nothing on this scene. It's so good. Anyway. Well, we may or may not get some hate mail. I don't know. Um, yeah, it will certainly maybe. be your fault. Yes. <laughs> you'll you'll some, get some more uh, deductions to your... Yeah. <laughs> some some Boba Fett weeaboos out there would really get mad at me. I am... <laughs> I, I won't dig... I won't... And I, I actually, I pro- we probably won't. We'll probably actually get a, a fucking ticker tape parade because somebody somebody online was brave enough to just say they didn't like the, the, the Boba Fett. But... Somebody um, was brave enough. Like, no one is brave <laughs> enough. But uh, this podcast, we break ground. Um, <laughs> now that now that we don't have Brandon holding us back, yeah, <laughs> they're fucking wild. To, to tell, probably be able to tell the hard truths. All right, <clears throat> all right. I'm going to do the usual Brandon thing actually because I just realized I don't have a drink and my voice is getting a little scratchy. I'll be right back and then we'll we'll roll this ticker tape parade. Okay. All right. All right, you feel ready? I'm ready. Okay, my body is ready. Let's do this. Hey guys, this is Brandon. I wasn't able to be on this episode because I was at Adepticon. I called in though and uh, wasn't able to record my audio, so uh, I just chatted with the guys for a few minutes. Oh, Jesus. So move short. (laughs) Jesus Christ.
I'm going to make a little note here on this. One hour and two minutes, Brandon shows up. <laughs> a wild Brandon appears, is what I'm going to put. Mm-hmm. So Brandon, did you come on here just to fuck with us? Or... Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Let's see. We're right now we're th- we're doing news. We're almost done with news. We're on the Shuriken Arashi card, the big giant ninja attack thing. No, no. we actually did not get to talk about these. They, they came they came out. It was an unboxing uh, while I was on vacation, so we didn't get to. Okay, thanks, dude. Later. I will. <laughs> he says hi. <laughs> Later. Okay, I'll put a little note here. It's like we were haunted. <laughs> yeah. Okay, where was I? I was looking at. <laughs> well done, well done. <laughs> Thanks. We did. I, it. Ca- I came up with that one a couple hours ago. I was really proud of it. It's been <laughs> hard not to say before this. Oh my god! Because we've been mentioning him not being here so much. Mm. I was like, don't say, don't say a dead weight joke. Don't, don't say, say it. a dead weight joke. Don't do it. <laughs> Who's gonna know? No one's gonna know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we done. You know what? I'm gonna. In- Oh. I'm going to end this in a very traditional way. Okay. I am not going to tell a dumb dad joke. That's oh, how I'm going to do this. fuck. What am I going to do with my <laughs> evening? I know. Ponder a stupid dad joke. Yeah. <laughs> I interrupted you. Uh, actually, what were you going to say? Oh, no. I was just saying, are we done? Yep, we're good.